What the fuck is up, dude? What's up? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. This, this will be out on December 24th. So. Yay. Um, obviously, Mexican I want to I want to talk about uh, your music and shit. I wish okay. you were gracious <laughs> enough to send me. Um, but so I went to which I haven't done in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Actually, I want to see because okay, so this for everyone listening on Spotify, uh, go to YouTube because we're wearing fucking horrible Christmas shit. Right. Um, but mine <laughs> has so it has lights. Ooh, it's got built-in LED. But then it's got Watch. a sound. No I don't way. know what the sound is. Let's hear it. So that's Cartman from... <laughs> God, that's the most annoying Cartman I've ever fucking... I'm just walking around with that playing over and over. Oh, my God. Mm. Um, it makes Santa crash, dude. It's, where'd you get that? It's great. Uh, Spencer's. Nice. You Spencer's. know what? Yeah, that checks out. Yeah, Spencer's. Yes. Well, they had them, well, they had them like... They're super fucking overpriced, first of all. Mm-hmm. Just very, mm-hmm. a lot of money. But then when I walked in, they were selling none of their inventory. Oh. And so they had it on a discount. And I was oh, like, okay, okay. Nah, I don't feel as bad. Right. Um, but anyway, see, so yeah, I went to the mall for the first time in a long time today. How was it? Horrible. It looks different now. Horrible. Why, it's the a people fucking or? ghost town. Really? Nobody's there. Now, granted, really? granted, it was it was today at like 12, like 1230 ish. Okay. But like, there was nobody there. Uh huh. And I, it was just, it, well, actually, that's not true. I went there last night as well, but I went to Coronado last night to do some of my Christmas shopping and mm-hmm. shit. But between going to, like, Coronado last night was packed because of, like, yeah. food, but it's because of the Christmas time and shit. Can yeah. I, this is, like, giving me a glare. <laughs> just epileptic collapse. Yeah, it's giving me a glare <laughs> in my fucking glasses. Um, but anyway, so I went today. There was hardly anybody fucking there. And then. Um, to Car- Coronado? Uh, no, so Con- I went to Cottonwood mm. today, Coronado last night. And then, so I go to, I went to Cottonwood, and it's like, there were literally, like, because I went on the second floor, right? And there were people, like, old elderly people, <laughs> making laps oh. around the mall. Just, just like, like, just like, steps. walking, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, like, right, I just Cheryl. felt, I just felt like dirty in there Why? i don't know it's like i shouldn't like, be here anymore consumerism it was like, everywhere oh i just felt like god i hope nobody recognizes me at the fucking mall wow well uh, in general you know it's weird you're just out and about and then it's like someone from high school and you're like i don't want to say hi yeah well but it's i'm not trying to like suck my own dick or anything but slowly like it ha- it'll happen like once or twice a month but Slowly, it's happening where I'll get recognized for the podcast. Nice. So like, I'm I'm cool with that. But what you just brought up, where it's like a high, like an old person <laughs> mm-hmm. from my middle school or high school, and you don't really want to talk to them anymore. I don't. Yeah, I'm like, nah, I can. That can. No, thank you. But just, yeah, like, hide behind the tomatoes. Well, because well, <laughs> like, well, and surprisingly, I had some pretty decent pizza at the mall today. Ooh. But but as I was sitting down and eating, like a fucking gremlin, just like <laughs> wolfing down the speed, I was like, you know what? Yeah, I feel like. I, not that I go, but I feel like I'd be less embarrassed to be caught at the strip club. Like, I don't None feel... the mall. Yeah, I don't <laughs> fucking feel good here right now. Like, when was the last time you went to a mall? Um, I haven't been to the mall in a long time. Was it pre-COVID? Mm-mm. It was, like, this year. Oh, I, shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, but well, I was at Coronado. Okay. Well, Coronado's a little bit better than Conway. Yeah. It's got more shit. Uh, yeah, they really did like a lot of construction on it. Yeah, where it's, it's like a it's, little bit. Nicer. It's got a Barnes and Noble. True, the best part. Yeah, 
for sure. And then, have you ever had that Blaze pizza by there? I don't know. I I've gotten mixed reviews. It's like Subway for for pizza, and it's oh. fucking amazing. I like I'll it. I'll have to go. Personally, I like it. Okay. I mean. They I, I, they hit you with the same facade the subway does that all their shits fresh. Where it's like, come on now, you're yeah. a chain restaurant. They get mm-hmm. your shit trucked like in. It's not salami back there. Yeah, don't ex- lie to me. No, exactly. Don't do that. But they cook it in the oven, uh, like a wooden, Ooh. not like a brick oven, mm-hmm. right? So that's kind of cool. That is really cool. Um, so it's probably the freshest you're gonna get it. True, for a subway vibe. Exactly. You know? Well, that's that's one of my. So, do you know who uh, Jim Gaffigan is? Mm-hmm. He's a stand-up. So that's one of my favorite jokes. He was one of the first comedians I got into, and when I was oh, a little kid. And, really? Yeah. And well, because well, it was kind of by choice, not really. Just because like I had a super like helicopter mom, and he's mm. a he's obviously a notoriously clean comic. Um. So that was one of the only shit I was allowed yeah, to listen to. But he has fair. but he has a joke where he's like. Uh, um, he's talking shit about Subway. Mm. And he's like, man, I know mice that would reject that cheese. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast is sponsored by the amazing people over at Chop Chili Company. If you've been a listener to the podcast for a while, you know that I love these guys and their amazing chili. And right now they are running a special offer exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Go online to chopchiliCo.com and use code only kings at checkout and not only will you pr- receive 25% off your entire order you will also get a free cookbook based on hatch chili recipes free at checkout like i said go to chopchilico.com and use code only kings at checkout and not only will you receive 25% off your order you will also get a free cookbook to go with your chili they are also in stores across new mexico at stores such as albertson's john brooks lowe's and a bunch more in cities such as albuquerque santa fe tucumcari las vegas roswell riadoso and even hobbs new mexico and for our listeners in el paso texas we are in your supermarkets as well like I said, go to chopchilico.com, use code ONLYKINGS at checkout for 25% off and a free cookbook. Now back to the podcast. That's fair. <laughs> I feel like everyone gets to have that one subway experience where you're just like, you know, never mind. Yeah, never again. I'll, I'm good for a long time. Or like ever. Mm-hmm. And that, that happened to me two weeks ago. I tried subway <laughs> again for the first time, I think post-COVID. Yeah? And I was like, fuck, this is not a good idea. What, what it, it was just not good. Yeah. Like it just it tasted it like kind of wet. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it was it was it's like odd. it's like the bread gave up. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means, but I what tried it, really hard to be bread and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was well, did, defeated by Subway. Well, did you see that? Uh, there's a study that came out because they were I I guess post COVID a lot of uh, a lot of restaurants got like how do I put it, like audited for mm. their fucking food quality and all that nonsense. Because now everything we're learning, call. like everything we're learning about like um, about like uh, seed oils and microplastics and all that right. nonsense, right? Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they went to Subway and there was so much sugar in their bread. What? It could not, le- technically, by legal FDA standards, and we know now how corrupt the FDA is. Mm-hmm. So even by their standards, Subway bread is not bread. Oh, it's like a sugar pastry. It's like a, yeah. It cannot so legally funny. be considered bread. When it's good, it's good. I'll give it that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? 
when they do it, they do it fucking great. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. When it doesn't taste like their fridge, it's not the worst, <laughs> but... Mm, yeah. I've had better. But, yeah, no, that's... <laughs> Yeah, so I had somebody for the first time like in a long time, like two weeks ago, and I regretted that immediately. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How's life been for you, weird. dude? You know, better. A lot better. Yeah. I'm good. I've been working on a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, But it was an intense year. Yeah. It was a crazy year. Yeah. Um, I was, like, forced to be an observer by, like, circumstances beyond my control um observing like just everything you know i missed out on a lot of things because i was like at home like recovering from stuff and obviously i don't want to get into details about that but i I was gonna ask you uh how how are you feeling post everything a lot better now everything was really overwhelming for a while um and it was just like being like physically ill was so just stressful and like depressing yeah (laughs) because i'm like i'm used to doing a lot in my day-to-day life. So it was really difficult to not be able to like move and stuff for a while. So I got to just kind of like observe everything else go on as like business as usual. Um, but it was, it led to like really introspective moments, you yeah. know, and like a lot of fun songs um, and some like not good songs. I was going to say, I, oh, <laughs> I think you and I have very different, very different <laughs> definitions of fun. <laughs> yeah yeah um but it's i'm using it a lot now as like i'm getting to a point where i can think about stuff in a cathartic way and i uh, have been like doing some good therapy and stuff so i'm feeling a lot better i'm getting back into like my workout mode and i've been like writing a lot and like trying to get back into reading my like bunch of collection of unread books that i have yeah same so yeah, but I'm I'm feeling really good now. I'm like optimistic because you know, light at the end of the tunnel. You had <laughs> one surgery, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and you were down for like two months. Yeah, three, f- no more than that. I was down real bad, real fucking pretty bad. like like most of the summer. Like four I was I was gone like all summer pretty yeah. much. Yeah, so I had like that emergency surgery. I had like internal damage, I had spinal damage, and, like, uh, nerve damage. Fuck! <laughs> so it was really difficult to just move, you know? Yeah. And everything became, like, so hard for a long time. Um, but it... And I wish I would have known it was going to take as long as it did because then I wouldn't have tried to push it and, like, do shows and stuff. Yeah. And I would have just fully, like, immersed myself in staying in. Was Moonlight before or after? That was after. That, that was, was about a month after. That's right. Remember you mm-hmm. told me. That's right. That's and what that was really hard. <laughs> I was so bummed that the first time I got to like direct a band was when I was like so unwell. It didn't look it, by the way. <laughs> I'm you, glad. You I'm did. Glad. You did quite well. Thank you. I was only there to catch the end of it, but I um, like the last yeah. like I think ten minutes or so. Mm-hmm. But you did quite well. Thank you. So the band was awesome too. Yeah. I got like I had a really fucking good team that night. So that was really encouraging as well. Was Dan on the drums? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, right? Mm-hmm. Dan was drumming. I was with Shawnee. And I don't know if you've met Ryan. And um, Leroy, Josie was going to do some vocals for the first show that I ended up canceling. And Ezra was going to do guitar. And Enrique did keys. Okay. And that was fun. And Bring the mic a little closer. You yeah. Just, you can just <laughs> grab it and fuck with it all you and want. And that was really fun. Um, 
And Shawnee did sax too, which yeah, is really cool. I Ever since I, I, I met her, I was like, I have to do a show with her to like do saxophone. I think I caught that. Yeah. Actually. It was, yeah. It was really cool. It was really awesome to be able to like be in that environment with everybody, just having a really good time. Well, that's a cool little spot, Moonlight. Yeah, it's fun. I played there, I think, two or three times. Okay. Um, and it's been really nice. You know, the, the bartenders are really nice. Everyone's really sweet so far. Well, it's <laughs> no complaints. The the style of music that you do fits the place very well. Okay. I I can't. Well, because like you're because it's l- like you're loud, but you're not like you're not the sons of heart. You're not a rock band. <laughs> True. You know what I mean? But like, I can't imagine those fucking dorks. You know, I love them to death. They know that. But I can't imagine those fucking guys in Moonlight. And they True. said they've played it. You know they what have, I mean? Yeah. Like, I can't. Like, Nick takes up the stage. Mm-hmm. His big ass squeeze. takes the whole thing. <laughs> it was a squeeze, but they did great. Yeah, but but for, uh, but you fit that style quite well. Thank you. You know what I mean? So it, it was More it was like a good, a yeah, it was a good time. Loungy vibe. Yeah. No, it was yeah, a good time. Yeah, I had fun, and but it, it was painful. Um, <laughs> I yeah. had my like emergency like muscle relaxant for after the show because I was like I don't want to leave immediately after because I feel like that's really rude, you know. Um, but there was a, a point where <laughs> my back just started killing me, and it was getting really hard to just stand, you know. God and bless. sitting got really difficult, and I was like, I I'm gonna go. <laughs> yeah, like I had surgery this year, but it was nothing to yeah. the degree that you had, mm-hmm. and I was a bitch about it. I'm gonna be honest. It like, sucked. I, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna milk this for all that I need to. Because should cause, have. Well, because like on the with the one part of my brain is like, okay. If I go a little bit too much too soon, we're going to have some issues. Mm. We're going to, you know, I don't want to set myself back. And then on the other hand, I was like, I literally never have an excuse to relax. Yeah. Never. (laughs) True. It took me getting cut open. So I'm going to kind of milk this a little bit. That was a nice part, getting able, being able to like just stop. But then, you know, you still have bills to pay and you still have to go to work and do things. So. That was a little bit tough. Yeah, it's it's nice that your job is a work from home gig too. Because mm-hmm. so. I couldn't have not worked in bed for a while. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I got really lucky in that aspect yeah. for sure. Because I remember, fuck, like, even well, like technically right now, because like, I'd imagine they gave you a long recovery period, right? Where it's like, no. hey, what? <laughs> so it was actually really fucked up. It gave me like real intense trust issues with the medical system because well, that first team free I to had continue, can check the cameras. Yeah, that first team I had actually told me that I should have I should be fine right when the anesthesia wears off and they didn't prescribe me like any medication or gave me any sort of treatment plan or like physical therapy anything no kind of warning that there was going to be you know a long road ahead of me and so I had to keep calling the hospital every few days and be like, I feel worse. Like, I'm not sure what's going on. Can I get, like, any sort of pain medication? Like, a, a patch, a lidocaine patch, like, anything to help me, you know? And they were like, oh, we don't know. You should have been fine. And I was like, how, though? The damage you described sounded pretty intense. Right. I don't know how I could have just been fine immediately after. Um, and how soon, how soon after getting out of the hospital did you call them saying this? Uh... I, s- I got back home on a Sunday. I think I called them like Monday night and Tuesday afternoon. Oh, so it was immediate. I, like... Yeah, because I, I was 
I couldn't walk. Like, I was not good, you know? And I was like, I should have been fine. So what the fuck? And I was still trying to do things. I was house-sitting at the time. So I was like, I got dogs to take care of. <laughs> I got, like, things to do. Um, and then I went in again. That's spine damage. Yeah, I went in doing? again in, like, three days after the surgery. Because I was like, guys, help. And they were like, you're fine. You, you'll be fine. And I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, maybe, like, a week or two. And I was like, okay. And so I waited a few days again, and it just wasn't getting better, and I didn't get any medication or anything. And then I went, so in a one-week period, it was a surgery, and I went back twice. And then the second time I went back was when they were drawing blood, and they, like, hit my nerve instead, and I passed out. <laughs> and um, to the doctor that I talked to later was like, oh, were you the one that passed out? And I was like, yeah, they like hit my nerve. And he was like, yeah, your skin was gray. It was like a color where I couldn't tell what had happened. And I was like, that's super comforting. I love being in this hospital. <laughs> um, but then the third time I went, I actually got like a doctor that gave somewhat of a fuck, you know, and was like very shocked that they had told me that it was going to be immediate because he was like, this is going to be at least like two months of recovery that you're going to have ahead of you this is not going to be easy and you definitely need like pain medication I'm really surprised that they didn't um give you anything because it was a really rough surgery uh so that was at least validating you know and I was like okay I'm supposed to feel like crap cool help me make it manageable right um well because I mean I'd imagine this is how it was for you, at least to some degree, was that, okay, obviously you're going to recognize you're going to be in pain, you're going to be sore for an amount mm -hmm. of time. But then at the same time, it's like, okay, well, how do I, what's what's my barometer for, is this getting better? Is this getting worse? Um, it's like, should I take time off work? Like the a, entire time yeah. I took maybe like four or five days off of work. Right, in my like, entire past like six month recovery period, I maybe was able to take like four days off. Right. I still have to work through that, you know? And then the whole time, you're like, okay, well. And they didn't give me doctor's notes to say whether I should work or not. So everything was really difficult. Did they give you doctor's like, notes? No. Everything was really in insane. What was their reasoning? Um, that I should have, like, asked that when I was there. Because if I do it over the phone, it's going to, like, have to not work. And I don't know, be this whole thing. And I would have to go back again and, like, so to get it in person. So they told you that you should have asked, like, what? post-op yeah as you're fucking sitting there just like hey i need a fucking yeah i'm like i barely know what's going on as right you're now fighting off the fentanyl <laughs> yeah. that they put in your system so i had fentanyl i had ketamine i had morphine there was propofol after the surgery and there was a uh, one more really intense downer i don't remember which one and like the oxys and stuff but i still was awake the whole time i was in immense pain the entire time up until the surgery you know but so i'm like what do you how am I supposed to just logically be thinking about work when I'm <laughs> <laughs> like just have anesthesia in my veins, you know? So it was, it uh, felt really unfair. It made me really angry um, to have just been kind of like shoot off like that. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I understand that it's a really difficult line of work and there is a point where it just kind of exhausts your empathy. But it, yeah, but okay. I mean, know? okay. So I have kind of a, and, what helps me maintain this opinion is that my friends, some of them are in the medical field, mm -hmm. and I run this by them, and they agree with me. Yeah, it's an exhausting job. It's long hours, depending on what you're doing, maybe not a lot of pay. But you signed up for it, 
Nobody True. forced you. And even if you're not the most like, oh, it's good to see you. How's it going? How's it? I'm sorry you're in so much. What can we do? That whole thing. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not that, there is a base level of care that should be given. And if you're not getting a fucking doctor's note to somebody, if you're not prescribing proper pain remedies, mm-hmm. what, the, what the fuck are we I doing I didn't even here? get a treatment plan or like physical therapy or any sort of thing like that. They're like, you're going to have to go to your primary to kind of follow up on that. And I was like, okay. I wonder Jesus if that's just Christ. because they're trusting the trusting the primary to know you better than they're knowing you. Maybe. I mean, again, I'm not a doctor. Know. I don't run things. So I try, I try to criticize where I, th- where I feel it's overly deserved mm. you know what i mean yeah because I, I, I just i don't like talking about things that i don't so know angry to be in that situation because <laughs> i'm like i was in so much pain for so long and i tried to like tough it through and do these shows and like do these things and i, I should have just stayed home and you guys didn't tell me that i should have just stayed home you yeah. told me i should have been fine immediately when did the pain start going down um, noticeably anyway noticeably about two and a half to three months after because <laughs> I kept pushing it. Oh, okay. Because I kept doing things. What's good you recognize You that? know, yeah. And because I was like, I don't, I, it just like killed me to not, not be able to do anything. Right. So I forced myself to like do all the, like, like still do laundry and blah, blah, blah. When like I really shouldn't have yeah. carried jack shit at that point you know well and, and you say that and at face value it's like laundry what the fuck are you talking about but yeah well that's what the, that's one of the things they told me i didn't get a whole lot of stuff after mine granted it wasn't as intense but um yeah one of the things they were telling me is like hey you can't carry anything more than 10 pounds mm. for the next uh i think they said two weeks yeah would have been nice to know and i was Give like anything you know fuck <laughs> yeah you know what i mean and even now like i've Granted, I've been to the gym like two and a half weeks. I've just been busy as shit. But mm-hmm. even when I do, like, I can feel that I'm a lot weaker. Yeah. You know, I can feel that not just because yeah. of, like, the loss of muscle, but just, like, in general because of, like, because I had to get uh, a hernia repaired. Mm-hmm. So because of, like, that. It your core. Yeah, out. my core mm-hmm. is, like, I tried. I When I do ab workouts now, I get smoked after, like, 12 setups. I'm like, what the I'm fuck like, is are you yeah. are you going back to the gym? Are you? Uh, yeah. So I'm working my way back to the gym. I yeah. do have like a pretty decent at home workout little setup now uh, that I'm able to sort of get myself back together because I I had to stop doing everything that I was doing after that. You know, I was doing hot yoga and going to the gym and like doing my little like home kickboxing. Situations. I was gonna say you're doing like, kickboxing. And shit. Yeah, yeah, it was. I I was going into it. You know, I was into it. Um, and then. Like, all of that happened, and I couldn't do anything. I could barely stand for a long period of time or walk for very long. You know, it took me a while to be able to just, like, walk to and from the bathroom, like, without pain, (laughs) you know? Um, So it took a little bit, and I remember, like, being so scared to do a plank (laughs) and, like, trying to get into those yoga movements again. And I tried it a couple months after, and my back was so imbalanced and it hurt so bad and I like re kind of injured myself oh, and I was like fuck How and then like uh I think that was in like August okay yeah because everything happened in June yeah so it was I think August when I re-hurt myself for a little bit I was like fuck but I'm able now to like be able to like lift around like 15 pounds and do some good amount of reps with it whereas before I was like you know 
yeah like at the gym lifting right you know, <laughs> yeah you're actually able to move weight and mm-hmm. like be, like, be yeah. fully but i'm like terrified to like put throwing a barbell right now I'm yeah like, my spine just collapses i'm scared well, i mean with fucking spine damage <laughs> yeah I'd be, I'd be terrified too it's scary to still even like do planks but they're not as bad anymore Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, I'm not gonna ask details, but like, <laughs> fuck, that's I know. insane. It was, it was wild. It was really crazy. It, the mental toll that like it takes on you yeah. to be like disabled yeah. <laughs> in that way. You know, I couldn't do anything. I was yeah. not able to do anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, for a long time, it's it sucks. Are you? Uh, so what do? You, when your mind gets to that point, we're like fuck man like you're, like you're more negative because you're generally mm-hmm. a pretty positive person i tried to be i tried to just at least be upbeat you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh when it gets super negative it's like man like what the fuck like this time six months ago this time a year ago i was doing that i was doing x y and z i was able mm-hmm. to do all these things now it's like fuck i can barely like what do you do to get because i've i've had to come up with my own practices but what do you what do you do to get yourself out of that like because it almost feels like i don't know how it is for you but for me it's like a uh it's like it's on the loop yeah you know I mean? it's, it's, it's like, like a, it's like a track that just keeps thing, playing and yeah. it's just kind of another ebb and flow mentally so it's sometimes some days it was a lot harder than other days to climb back up and some days i didn't feel like i could climb back up you know and i was like i'm just stuck and i'm in pain and i don't know what to do and it just not being able to to practice or sing because my core was so weak you know like yeah. i'm still rebuilding that um it just it sucked to not be able to to do that but i I was able to write more. I was able to read more and I was able to spend more time with my dog, you know, <laughs> just like do those, those sort of things that I do enjoy. Um, and also just kind of like making plans for when I am feeling better, like the things that I want to get done and sort of just like, you know, <laughs> trying yeah. to like keep myself encouraged yeah. when I'm like down real bad or I'm like, it's fine. And I do have a really, <laughs> I do have a really solid group of friends that, were really really there for me throughout that time yeah you got some cool people around you yeah i had a lot of people who were like visiting and like sending me food and just checking in on me like chatting with me and that made everything like so much more bearable you know because it's it's hard when you just kind of feel like it's just you're stuck in a room but it's even harder if like you don't have people checking in or just things like that you know so i was really lucky in that aspect no for real Mm -hmm. i agree it's funny (laughs) talking about making plans for yourself like when you get over this when you get out of it um so me think like so when i was in basic training um it would get it's something they don't fucking tell you about it it gets so boring really so fucking boring Mm. at times Mm -hmm. right there are times where like mainly on sundays because that's when like the drill sergeant stopped fucking with you or like maybe it was like you're sitting at a range and you don't get to shoot for the next four hours. You have to have to (laughs) sit there and basically just stay quiet. You don't get to do anything. You just stay fucking quiet. So I had, yeah. So I had (laughs) like, yeah, well that's how you get yanked away and gets into the psych Mm. because yeah, they catch you like, kind of like uh, uh, you know what i mean or like a th- thousand soup at home <laughs> like the the uh the private pile stare from full, full metal jacket it was just sitting there like like that shit yeah that'll get you fucking hemmed up but um gotcha. we I'm i just, just remember sitting down. there too far gone. yeah <laughs> with nothing to do and i would just make lists of like okay these are the places i'm gonna fucking eat because this food mm-hmm. sucks dick 
And then this is where I'm going to do this. Is where I'm, this is how I'm going to spend my money and all this. I think it was funny because you just saw all this shit in the garage. Um, all of that used to be in my storage unit. And when I was back in like April of this year, I think. April or May. No. Yeah, April of this year. It was right before my surgery. Mm. Um, I was moving out of the out of the storage unit and I was going through all my shit and I found like this old box of shit from basic and I'd look through, I had a little notebook, like a little pocket notebook hmm. and it was just filled with bullshit. Yeah. Stupid <laughs> writings and uh-huh. bullshit and nonsense because you have anything your to, rambles. Cause you don't, you don't yeah. have anything to fucking do. Like we yeah, had, it's just you and your mind. Yeah. <laughs> and we had like on Sundays, that was like when they allowed church services and shit. And uh, we had kids in our, in our group that would fucking like it's like it was they treated like a buffet like they would go to each different religion mm-hmm. to try out what they're all about and like yeah they would like report back like yeah yeah so <laughs> if you go to the jewish service they got free bagels and cream cheese you should fucking go just taking notes on each one <laughs> yeah no for real it i feel was like fucking... i did a small version of that th- throughout life just like really getting deep into different sort of beliefs to learn about him. I didn't really adopt a lot of the beliefs. I just wanted to learn about a lot of different things. I was going to say, we talked about that a little bit last time. We didn't get too deep into it from what I remember. Where do you find yourself with that these days? Religion in general? Yeah. I'm not a religious person. Um, I would like to believe that there's a reason for consciousness, but I don't know. Right. There's just so much in the world that I'm just like, if something has the power to like fix it and isn't doing it, it's not cool. Well, because there's, well, there's a, cause I'm a dork and this is what comes to mind, but there's a quote from uh, Lex Luthor mm. in Batman vs. Superman <laughs> where he goes, if God is all good, then he cannot be all powerful. And then if he's all powerful, then he cannot be all good. Exactly. It's a very pessimistic way of looking at it a little bit well okay so let me throw this at you so now this is coming strictly from a christianity base right Mm -hmm. so okay so god loves everyone that he created right right? and however how do i word this so he loves the humans he created but the true definition of love is choice, right? Okay. And so if God was truly controlling, he would force all of us to worship him hmm. like a tyrant almost. Okay. But because it's love, he allows us the free will to choose. Now, the natural response to that is what? He allows the creatures he creates to go to hell, mm-hmm. right? And I don't know the answer to that. I want to be honest. Yeah. And that's that's something for someone who has like studied and like it knows like the theology behind it and like the like, mm-hmm. like the backstory, the real like nitty gritty of it. But what I want to present to you, I guess, is so he chooses true love for the things he creates, which involves, well, which requires us to choose to choose to follow him, to choose to love him, to choose to follow the rules pretty much for lack of a better term Mm. right so in a way it's kind of removing 
from Wolfie's all good and he can't be all powerful and vice versa. How so? Well, because he's because he's removed. How do I put this? Like, because he's leaving the choices up to us. He's giving us free will right. and letting us figure it out on our own. Because to control us would be again borderline yeah. tyrannical. I see what you mean. I think that would make more sense in my mind if at some point people were redeemable, like after hell. You know, if that was just kind of mm. like, okay, you died. Now you know the truth. Pay, pay your dues, as they say, or whatever, and then you can go up. So to me, to a, a, a god that needs to be worshipped is very interesting to me. Um, it's a very interesting concept. Cause I'm like, why do you need the worship and that sort of servitude in order to not feel that love? Because I guess he feels it for people who don't, you know? But in order to just... Well, like, like, why is that a con- condition on your creation's ex- existence? You know, love me or perish forever. There's no, the person, the soul isn't redeemable on their one shot. And it's not like it's a, a fully cut and dry. Like there's absolute proof that that's what it is. You know, it's something that th- it, there's lots of doubts on. So there's going to be plenty of people who don't hop on board. Why risk all of those people forever f- just to get worship? You know, it's, no. it seems vain. No, okay, so you, you, so I agree with you. I'll start with that. I agree with you because I never thought of it that way until Tuesday night I did a podcast with someone. It's not out yet, but the religion brought up because mm-hmm. the transgender conversation came up, and it kind of they 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 like rabbit hole together. I promise. Uh, I wasn't just. <laughs> I believe it. I didn't just have like a note card it. of like what are the most controversial, uncomfortable. Bring it up, <laughs> ASAP. <laughs> you know, but um, because they had brought that up, and I was like, oh, interesting. Hmm. Like that's like an, that's an interesting way to look at mm-hmm. it. But, but. The only answer that I've come up with so far, because I had never thought of it that way, is, and I told him like, like, on the pod, I was like, okay, I'm going to think about that because I don't know the answer. The only thing that I can come up with right now is whenever you follow, and I understand, just because I can hear this going out there, be like, well, that's other religions too. <laughs> like, I understand that there are a lot of similarities between, in moral, morally speaking, right, ethically speaking, mm-hmm. between like Christianity, uh, Judaism, Buddhism, whatever the Indian faith is. I forget what is it is. Hindu? Mm-hmm. Right? Hinduism. Is, it, is it Hinduism? Okay. Um, there's a lot of similarities in like the morals and the ethics of it, even in, in the Muslim faith, mm-hmm. in the actual like teachings of the Muslim faith, not the radicalization bullshit it's turned <laughs> into. But I feel like the closer you follow to those the tenets that are put forward through those religions, the better of a person you turn out to be i don't know i think so i think it depends love those around you sure treat them the way you want to be treated don't kill don't commit adultery right just don't be a dick right what about like the rest of the book that you would have to follow to right the tea, though, and, and, right know? and that's that, where and, it gets problematic right and, some yeah problematic well, shit in the Bible. well that's where it gets weird it's like the <laughs> yeah. whole like the pork thing and yeah then it's you're, like you're mixing your fabrics yeah <laughs> just dumb shit like that where it's like mm. right 
Well, a lot of the stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, a lot of the a lot of the like hyper specifics of it like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of that's in in the Old Testament, and then also a lot. Of, and I, I don't know, and I don't use this as a way to like wipe away. Like, oh, we'll give a criticism. Well, here's the answer. <laughs> like, no, I think. But generally speaking, a lot, especially in the New Testament, a lot of the Bible is in metaphor. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like, well, yeah. how much? It's mo- also like where it comes in the way people read it. You know, if, yeah. if some people can see it as like stories and fables to teach you moral lessons, you know, I think that's when it can be something useful potentially. But when you do believe it literally, it gets really weird and it really warps your mind in so many ways. Like, I, I dead ass thought that men had one less rib than women for. Years and years and years and years and years, because that's how I was brought up, based it off, basing it off of the Bible, you know, and the right. Adam and Eve story. I didn't know that that was anatomically incorrect <laughs> until I was like in in college, like an embarrassingly long amount. So I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> it was that deep in me, you know, where I just never questioned it. To not completely jump subjects, but were you told the rumor in like middle school? Maybe high school. About def- there we yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. I was. We're- I remember hearing that and being like, "Good for him, I guess." <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you got to do what you got to do. I feel like in that, and because it's our generation and like maybe eight years above us, give or take, right? Because that's like the Marilyn Manson like mm-hmm. generation, right? The people that would actually listen to his music and then be conscious of what yeah. they're listening to. So I'd imagine that like everyone, every male. In that age group, at one point in the time, period, was like, he did what to like, like cons- what? Considered how it is that and even? Gave it a shot. My spine is really holding me back. <laughs> like, what the it's fuck? Like, I'm is not going bendy on? enough for that. These damn ribs. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. I hope that's not true. I don't think it's true. I, I've I've never taken the time to actually. That pin is starting to hit me a little bit. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> that pin started. But me also, a how bit. amazing of marketing is that? Where it's just straight up word of mouth that just went across the country. Because well, I never saw like news outlets talking about it. It was just like dumb kids talking about it. I was going to say it, what you, know? you were surprised. The L.A. Times or the New York Post were like breaking news: Marilyn Manson found or a way one to. One of those like gossip ones, you know, <laughs> like the like the the Sun Times or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, one yeah. of those like weird ones, but I don't know. I'm like, I guess the, that is the, damn good marketing. Was it the National Enquirer, <laughs> right? The big tabloids. Yeah, Marilyn, it's in the New Yorker. Marilyn Manson has life changing surgery. Find out more <laughs> on page three. <laughs> New way to masturbate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he suddenly no longer wants to date anymore. We don't know what happened. He just hasn't left his house. <laughs> <laughs> what? There's a two months. There's a. F- I used to like in, really in high school because my buddies really got me into it. Uh, and I, I'll still watch every now and again. Uh, Family Guy. Mm-hmm. There's a Family Guy episode where uh, Quagmire finds out about internet porn. <laughs> yeah, Have you seen just that? Buff yeah. He he just, he walks out. He's got like stubble. He's yeah. all greasy. And Peter's like, Hey, well, what you doing? He's like, Yeah, I'm just gonna go. Clothes. I'm just gonna go get my mail. He's like, <laughs> scrawny arm, <laughs> bait arm. But um, I mean, when you're a guy like Marilyn Manson and you did. S- the crazy shit that he did, the the type of marketing he did, and because he started doing stuff, I think right after all the craziness went down, with um, oh, what's the band's name? Uh, like a hardcore band from the '90s, uh, like Mayhem. 
mm. and Mayhem or Death. Mm-hmm. Whichever one has the lead singer mm-hmm. with his head blown off. Mayhem. Mayhem, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he's coming in the wake of all that. And then he's looking the way he's looking, <laughs> singing about the things mm-hmm. he's singing about, like fuck the children and mm-hmm. all that t- type of shit. And then... Uh, he was in the Bowling for uh, Bowling for Columbine documentary. Mm, disturbed. Because peop- people were blaming him <laughs> for fucking Columbine and shit. Yeah. I remember, yeah, I remember that. And like uh, my sister used to really like Marilyn Manson and my mom freaked out and like would destroy her CDs and her <laughs> merch like hardcore because she was into it. Like the, my siblings were really into him, but mostly my sister. But I don't know. Didn't he just get like accused of a bunch of shit? Well, he was like he was tied he's, into like yeah like, the Maryland or the the Columbine kids loved mm-hmm. uh, the shooters loved Marilyn Manson and then the crazy shit about the rib removal went around because <laughs> uh, who was the guy? It wasn't it wasn't Michael Mann. That's not his name. It's uh, the guy who directed and created Bowling for Columbine. He sat down with Marilyn Manson. That's why it's such a like relatively right quick interview. He was like, "Yeah, like mm-hmm. here's how I feel about it, but I didn't fucking cause it. I don't take yeah. the I don't take the blame it's for, like, for Columbine music. <laughs> yeah, it's not my fault that people listen to it and that they do bad things. No, no, exactly. You know? Which is insane for it's that's that's almost as bad as uh, Hillary Clinton back in like. Oh four, oh five, saying that video games were the reason the kids were mm. so violent. And it's like anything but just the crime outside. Well, well, <laughs> well, like there's so many other things that make kids violent. Well, it's like they were trying to they were trying to pass a law back then that would make it illegal, like imprisonment time, if you bought a kid a rated M video game that was Jesus. underage. So many bigger problems. Yeah. That's what I don't get. I'm like, why? what are we not focusing on <laughs> by talking about GTA right now? <laughs> did, you just, did you see the new trailer for that shit? I actually did. It's so fucking good. So. It fun. looks fun. It well, looks fun. I well, played it a few times. It's a good time. Well, because I... <laughs> Is that where you're going to get it for? Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> so many things. It was a good time, ladies. <laughs> Well, because I just barely got into, like, I chose a very poor time to do it. I started playing, like, I've been trying to find time lately to play video games more just because yeah. I, I miss doing it. My homies yeah. love doing it. And I love hopping on. Like, recently, I, I very regrettably, I spent $70 on the new Call of Duty, which is a bad, bad decision. Mm. But I got into Red Dead Redemption 2 nice. for the first time, like, two months ago. Nice. Have you played you that like shit? It? I haven't, but I've seen a lot of like memes about it. Fucking <laughs> hyper realistic. Really? It's ridiculous. Sick. Like you can like if your character gets too dirty, you can go to a <laughs> whorehouse and you pay nice. a buck fifty and some <laughs> prostitute gives Just you a bath you and shit. Jeez. Or then like you can go out and you have to go like hunting and shit, right? Mm-hmm. You'll see like birds come down and take fish out of a pond. That's crazy. Like in the background. Just details. Also fun to animate. Yeah. Yeah. I just couldn't imagine. A lot of work. Of, I couldn't imagine the amount of time it takes. Yeah. Right, Animation's right, right. a bitch. Yes. It takes so long. So, so I'm I'm gonna bring it up. I'm gonna show it for later. I wanted to ask your opinion about, about mm-hmm. AI and creativity mm. a, little, a little bit later. Okay. But <laughs> where do we get where do we get from this religion? We went from religion to GTA and then fuck it. How did we get here? Yeah, I have no idea. Where are we? Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, religion. So. I don't know. I, just, I, th- I think, yeah, I th- I don't, 
Maybe because I don't know, like, because you you didn't know me like before I joined the military, Mm-mm. and I was a very different person. Really, I was very pro. Like, not that I'm not pro military now, but I was very pro. Like, I bought into America's always right. Mm-hmm. Let's put it that way. Were you a ROTC kid? Oh yeah, well, I went to a military school, dude. <laughs> oh shit, no we, way. We didn't you talk were like bred to be a military we kid. We didn't talk about that last Mm-mm. time. What the fuck? No, tell so me. Me, I'll tell you the long story short of it. Okay. So me, Please. Joey, Just who's kidding. upstairs, <laughs> and me and my homie Joey upstairs, and a few of our other friends, uh, we all went to a military school down in Roswell, and we were forced to do like Roswell. Yeah, Roswell, Ooh. Mexico. You ever been down there? Mm-hmm. That place fucking sucks. It was rough. That, that place sucks. sucks. But yeah, <laughs> but sucks. it's funny because I went there. Well, I loved it personally. Really? Yeah, I loved it. Um, I loved going down there. Um. A lot of my friends didn't, and it's kind of sad because, like, in doing the podcast down with my friends, a lot of them bring up bullshit that, like, happened at the military school that's affected them today, and I'm like, damn, like, that's really unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so when I was, like, before the military, I was very, like, yeah, America's right about everything. We've been doing the right thing. We are the good guys, all that. And then as I joined the military and I started growing up a little more, I got exposed a little more, I deployed for a little bit of time, I came back, but I started like opening my mind. That was a big mm-hmm. thing. I opened my mind a little more. I was like, mm-hmm. there's nuance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's maybe. There's nuance. Maybe we're not the Shit. right guy. Yeah, maybe we're not the right ones. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I've become very, oh, the reason I bring this up, I've become, I've become very, not, I wouldn't say pacifist, but I've become very like anti-conflict mm-hmm. on a grander scale. Mm-hmm. But then when you take that into religion, like, yeah, I don't like the fact that hell's irredeemable. Yeah. I'll be real. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't seem fair. Like eternity over like hope maybe hopefully 80 years of being alive and questioning everything because you don't know what anything is because it makes no sense to be alive really, you know? And so, I don't know. To me, I see it as it's just different belief systems that help people cope with existing. Because, like, from from my mom, uh, who was a pastor and all of that, if she were to not be religious, I don't know what she would be or how she would be or how she would find meaning in her existing because she depends so much on her purpose being, like, to worship and, you know, to get to that afterlife. I'm like, but I'm like, I don't know. Something that always kind of made me sad about Christianity is that it, it kind of forces you to look at yourself and all of humans as like scum that don't deserve to be saved, but God is so kind that He'll save you. You know, you're dirty and born a sinner. You're just born a sinner. You have to do the extra step of believing in order to not be. You know, and I don't like that concept of just like, you would be nothing without this God sort of situation. Like your soul right. is fucked forever if you don't completely yield so i I, okay so i understand what you're saying and because that's how what i grew up in as well right i don't view it the same way and i don't to be completely honest to admit my own ignorance uh i'm not sure that this is even in line with the religion Mm -hmm. like obviously humans are very sinful Mm. right by mm. by by any degree it depends on what you think is sin but it also mm. becomes like nature nurture, i mean yeah people it's naturally all, terrible right but it's all it's relative whole, yeah but i mean 
I mean, and there's degrees to it, right? Whether it's like very like ugly or nasty things that you think in your head to like things you actually act out mm. or the way you treat another person for more or less no reason or whatever. I'm sure. Okay. So you, you dealt with the fucking traffic today. Yeah. I'm sure oh, at one boy, point. Did I. I'm sure at one point, like, <laughs> you motherfucker. At one point, I'd imagine. Well, it was mostly me fucking up. So I was like, <laughs> I, thank you, with the roads, for having patience. <laughs> so I, I didn't get to be mad. I was mostly like, oh. <laughs> but I have been there before where I'm like, I hope you wreck. Right. <laughs> Right. And I hope like, I see it. Like, I have a really bad habit, and this is a bad habit in Albuquerque, mm. to, if someone fucks up on the road, I, and I have to, like, get by them, I'll do the fucking, like, hey, bitch, that's just not the time to do that stare. in, though. Stare. Because if you stare at the wrong person, and they're we'll like... have a gun. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway. So, there's <laughs> varying degrees of it, but humans aren't perfect. That kind of what makes them so cool, mm-hmm. right? It's, it adds risk. Obviously, that's what makes humans so cool. Um, but at the same time, I understand. I, I don't think we're like, unless you go out of your way and as a society, for the most part, we've like, granted things are falling apart right now, but like we've kind of differentiated like, okay, like this guy's an asshole. Like mm. the, the obvious answer is like a uh, Harvey Weinstein. Right. Use his power. To get advantage, bad guy. Yeah, to get uh, use his power to get advantage over others, mm-hmm. that type of shit, right? But if it's just people making poor decisions out of ignorance, or maybe they really did think they're doing the right thing and they're doing the wrong thing, mm-hmm. like you know, there's degrees to assholery. Let's yeah. put it that way, right? Yeah. But I don't think he, all humans are equal in that way. And when I grew up in the church, that's what I was getting taught to: that you're a filthy sinner. Mm-hmm. But thanks, thanks to the Lord God, you're this. And I was like, okay. Like, I see where you're going with this, but yeah. I don't know if you're, com- like, like I get it. Yeah. And and I could kind of understand where they were coming from, because every time you kind of pull scripture like that, to my knowledge, which isn't a lot, but to my knowledge, it's always, like, people either confessing to, like, like God, like, like, like unseeable God, mm-hmm. or they're, like, having a conversation or confessing to Jesus. And it's like, well... If you're talking to a higher power and you really believe that is the higher power, you're going to be kind of smitten. And yeah. humans, humans have a tendency to over-exaggerate yeah. sometimes. And imagine if you really believe the dude in front of mm-hmm. you is God. Like mm-hmm. he just lays the old, raised old boy out of the out of yeah. the grave. He's turning water into wine. Like he's walking on water. Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I understand why yeah. why people are so loud about their belief in that way because I I used to go to. Uh, like just walking around neighborhoods with my mom and people from the church praying for people, handing out food, like doing some good stuff, but also like all of that where, I'm, where I remember feeling like sometimes embarrassed because I'm like, this person is literally just walking home. Like they don't need like, an entire group of people to ask to pray for them. And then I, I'm like, I understand that like if you genuinely think you have figured out the secret to like why you're alive, what's going to happen after you die. Like if you really think you have these answers, you're you want to share it. Yeah, you know, you want yeah. to tell people about it, and you're like, I figured it out, you know. But right. then it becomes like this self-serving thing, you know. There is a fine line. That is where it gets it. scary, right? Yeah, where people can become like, oh well, I know things. I'm better than this person because they're not following this sort of path, and I figured out the one that's going to get me to the 
the good place and um <laughs> i've been told to watch that show it's so good so many times <laughs> it's so good it's such a good ending you know but then again there's just people who believe just as hard who believe something completely differently so to me stepping outside from it i'm just i see the patterns and the and the way people see their religion their respective religion and i i do see it as coping mechanisms to an existence that doesn't make sense Right. And there is, like, there are a lot of other people mm -hmm. that do podcasts and do lectures <laughs> and all that shit that yeah. can explain the historical stuff that back up Christianity a lot better than I ever could because I don't even know where to fucking start. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> generally speaking, on religion, just religion, I there is a strong argument for that. Because if you, like, and I think that's what's kind of crazy about society today is, like, when's the last time? Okay, so aside from your recovery right mm -hmm. when was the last time that you just sat with your thoughts i i purposefully do it okay but i'm i'm one of the outliers that before goes you out of my okay way to so do that. what but imagine what made you start to do that because you realized you were lacking in that mm -hmm. right so you know not a lot of people do that right not a lot of people are just like alone with their thoughts and they question things asking like what do i think about this well i don't know what does that mean and mm -hmm. then they just fall down their own wikipedia youtube mm -hmm. rabbit hole in their own brain right and they become songs and <laughs> <laughs> and then and they're essentialist songs <laughs> and, well, and then they're thinking about like well what happens next mm -hmm. what happens what happens after all this what if it is blank and nothing? What if there is a heaven? What if there's a hell? Am I going to hell? How do I get out of that off of that train? Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah. then and then I can see the argument for for religion being as coping mechanism than that. And I try to be re a realist on my day to day life. Mm. You know what I mean with mm. all things. The few times that I let optimism into my life is religion, right? And again, a lot of it is personal bias a lot of it's just because you know whenever i do find myself when i you know make conscious decisions i fuck up i'm a human We're but but when i make the conscious decision in a like a a day-to-day -day basis it's over and over again I like to follow these things and be a better person this way and make make hard decisions with the right thing to do and that that, that type of shit i feel better about myself and then mm. it's like well is that is that because of religion or is that because you're finally doing the right thing, motherfucker? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So. Like which chicken or the egg or is yeah. it a placebo or is it? So it's like, I don't know. Some people, it really does just help have like a positive outlook, you know, right. and they're not hurting anybody and they're just doing their thing and good for them. But I feel like they're, I don't know that that is the majority. Yeah. How, you know, how long did your mom pass her for? Or like be involved um, like that for? Some years. Okay. A while. Do you ever have conversations with your parents about this type of shit? Not anymore. I used to a yeah. lot um, because my siblings and I all questioned and we all believe different things at this point. I think my sister's the closest to like like wanting to go to church and things. And my brother's like just a very spiritual. Like, I was going to say, tell me, tell me one of your siblings is a Potifarian, please. <laughs> you ever heard of that shit? Uh -uh. The flying. Oh, my God. Okay. I hate pulling out my phone during a podcast. But what is it? What is it? So know. a Potifarian. Is someone who believes, and I'm not making this up. This is a so recognized religion, pasta. the flying spaghetti monster. <laughs> okay, you know what? Tell me more. Okay, elaborate. So, um, I'll hear it out. So, uh, the flying spaghetti monster mm -hmm. is a deity of the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, or <laughs> Pasifarianism. Okay, a religious movement that promotes light-hearted view of religion. 
It's a hard sell. It <laughs> looks yeah. like a biblically accurate angel with like <laughs> ten- tentacles. But delicious. <laughs> yeah. But like now I want to be at Olive Garden. <laughs> but. So nothing that crazy. Yeah. But um, my I, my brother's pretty spiritual and he's into like sacred geometry and um, I remember him learning about like gems and stuff the fuck is before it was even cool what the fuck is sacred geometry um it's kind of well so i really like math i studied math for a really long time one of the reasons i like it is because you can you can find it in nature it just math is observed and like perfect math and fractals and all that it's in (laughs) it's in nature like you know a sunflower it has that sequence a fibonacci sequence that's like mathematically blah, blah 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 People know much more about it than I do, clearly. Interesting. But there's a lot of uh, just mathematical synchronicities you can find in nature and a lot of sacred geometries kind of assigning meaning to, to the shapes and the stuff and the way p- things naturally appear. Because when you do break down, like, wavelengths. Like, have you seen kind of those videos of someone putting, like, sand over a speaker and they play a certain frequency and the sand forms, like, a shape? You know, yeah. like, all of those shapes are, like mathematically provable provable you can find like equations to create that but it's really complicated and it just happens in nature you know so it's like all these sort of things that are like rooted and just like mysticism but also math and all that good stuff but so that he was like into that way before all the crystal girls got to it you know (laughs) and now it's trendy (laughs) and he probably hates that (laughs) but he's had like really cool rocks like and i have like a bunch of rocks that i've just collected since i was a kid because i like wanted it um there's like a portion of my childhood where I wanted to dig up dinosaurs and be a paleontologist I love dinosaurs but I was just like a dirt kid and like I just collected rocks <laughs> and I went to a mineral shop in like second grade and I, I had like I walked out with like a giant amethyst and like a shark tooth and I was so happy and so I just started like collecting those and then now I'm like embarrassed to have them out because I'm like people are so judgy and they're gonna think I'm you know whatever because I have my little rocks but they're just cool who like there's like fuck? there's like naturally occurring purple in rocks. <laughs> That's cool, you know. It's like hard to find in trees or whatever. It's just fun. Rocks are fun. There's rocks that are like bright lime green that are sparkly naturally. <coughs> it's fun. <laughs> They're pretty. It's <laughs> naturally occurring purple. Yeah, I don't know what you know if they do all the things that the spiritual people say they do, but they're pretty. What moved you away from your in, being to paleontology? Um, I think <laughs> I think I was pretty young as well because I I still really like dinosaurs and like playing in dirt is really fun. Um, but I they don't make a lot of money, and I remember looking that up and being like, how much do paleontologists make? And it's like, oof, it's rough. It's not it's not like an easy job and no. it's not a super high paying job and i think a lot of it is mostly like research so you might in one way or another have to be involved with academia or like the government or something like that and i'm like i just don't want to be in like that dry of an institution now i'm going to say something and it might be a shock to you and people listening uh, i'm not a teacher or a professor <gasps> but <laughs> i would imagine that yeah not a lot of them really enjoy going to the government for their grants and shit like that yeah but i mean could you see yourself being that kind of person like on a dig site and shit like that i mean i love digging i think it's really fun (laughs) (laughs) when i was in middle school i 
volunteered for a nonprofit and I was in charge of like the worm pits and like separating the worms for the fertilizer. Beautiful. And it was the most fun I've ever had. I was just like autism and full flare. <laughs> it was so happy, you know. I was so happy just being like a dirt kid and I just something is so just the action is so comfortable. <laughs> But then, yeah, there's just no money you, in it. I, I don't, just in case I don't want to be disrespectful, are you on the fucking spectrum? Yeah, I, I have really raging ADHD and like some symptoms that overlap. But no I got shit. diagnosed last year, yeah. With? With like the AUDHD. Oh, okay. But it's, I'm mostly ADHD presenting. But my sister is like rural autistic. She's <laughs> passing all the tests and stuff. And it's really funny. She got knocked with it or what? <laughs> She like passes those tests with full lying colors. <laughs> and she tells me that. We've talked about it. We've been trying to diagnose our family. <laughs> we get together and I'm like, so dad's autistic. He's well, autistic one, right? She's well, like, there's mm-hmm. like, there's the autistic that's like disabling. But then yeah. there's like the, you really love the one subject and you want to learn everything yeah. about it. It's like the hyper focusing. Mm-hmm. And like, that's you know also I mean? an ADHD symptom is like a hyper fixation uh, on specific things. And I, went through a dirt phase a friend <laughs> some like trains some just like good older some like dirt some like to dig <laughs> and find cool rocks deep fucking stone for this conversation oh my god um <coughs> well cause like a friend of mine uh, Adrian, God bless her. I've known her since I like, we went to college together, and she lives out in Austin right now. And she, uh, like, I'm up working on the podcast. This is like 11:30 ish at night, right? And she texts me, and she goes, "Take this fucking uh, aut- autism test." And I was like, "The fuck? Okay." So I take it. I answer honestly, and I scored like super low, which I was shocked by because I know one of the traits of like like minor. Like, uh, uh, like being on that spectrum mm-hmm. is like we were talking about a little bit earlier uh, when we took a break just now is the social awkwardness. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was going to be a thing. And no, just fucking. So like, okay, sounds good. I sent, I screenshotted it, sent it back to her. Some out of a fucking movie. I was like, so yeah, this is mine. So, What's yours? Yeah. And hers was like, bah! Sky high. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, like, I didn't mean to send you to bed with a bad thought, but good night. <laughs> And my sister both. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're getting to know who they are, you know. Oh <laughs> my power in god, that. that's so funny. <laughs> no, but truly, so much of my life started like actually making sense when I got the, like the diagnosis for yeah. ADD, ADHD. And so like, okay, oh, okay, shit. Let's talk, okay, so being able to socialize. Mm-hmm. Did you? I mean, because there's a level of. Hang on. Can y'all turn it down like a little bit? It's echoing, please. Thanks. So, um, I mean, kids kids in general are awkward. They're weird. Mm-hmm. They have fucking issues socializing. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Did you like, were you conscious of that though mm-hmm. as a kid? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even like how, how early do you think? Real early. Because um, I remember... I used to think it was because I... Not to bring up like poor childhood memory. <laughs> no, you're good. It's my life. <laughs> I'm used to... I've talked about it. It's all been digested in therapy. <laughs> you're good. 
<laughs> but I used to think it was because my because uh, we were so religious and I pretty much was at church every day that I didn't really and with like adults and like some kids that I didn't really know how to talk to like normal kids. But then I just was like, I actually don't know how to talk to them about like anything. And like I try to make a joke and it just never lands. And then someone else makes a joke to me and I it doesn't land because I. And is this didn't with, register it. And is this I was with church kids or regular kids? Both. Okay. Um, so that's when I was like, it's me. <laughs> mm. And I remember taking, um, just having like weird little kid thoughts that seemed kind of abstract and trying to like talk to other kids about it and then being like, hmm, that's a weird kid. And so that was definitely me. Um, and uh, when I took a, the test to get into gifted, I think I was in either second grade or first. I don't remember, around there. Um, and one of the questions was like, do you ever feel like your like, thoughts or things that you just can't really share with other kids that they wouldn't really be able to relate to? And I was like, oh my God, like, yes. You know, that's, yeah, yes. Yeah. Someone else too, like, that's cool, you know? <laughs> um, but I, I had to like look up like, okay, like how, how do people make jokes? <laughs> like how, how to talk to, to kids, how to like be right. funny how to like be calm how to you know i had to like like look this up so i would know what that presents like um <coughs> so it was it was really interesting to to know that what i naturally put out isn't what is typically expected of people in in the world you know do you feel like that is the way it is now um yes and no like i am much more myself I feel than I've ever been but I also know that that comes with some you know idiosyncrasies I mean <laughs> and just you know some sometimes I get called zany sometimes I get called spunky sometimes I get different you know descriptions spunky. for my type of I don't know way of being but I'm like I'm becoming more okay with how I am but I'm also learning very slowly to detach like what I've just conditioned myself to do when a certain social situation calls for that and what I feel like is more like what I really want to do. Um, mm, and those yeah. are two kind of dif difficult things because it gets really difficult to, there's a while where I'm just like, I can't, I can't do the social face anymore. I have to go home. Well, that's you know? normal. I mean, yeah. that, that's how I am but, too. Yeah. Like, I've literally up until like two years ago, I never really went out that much. I never really did a whole lot. I just, and it, not because I, well, a part of it was just like, well, what am I like the nervousness of it? But mm -hmm. another part of it was like, well, what am I going to go do that for? Yeah. None of my other friends really like that, like to go out that much. Mm -hmm. So would I rather? And then like, especially back then, I mean, obviously my everyone's financial situation right now is not the best. <laughs> but like back so then, tight. you know, when I was younger, I definitely wasn't that great. So I was like, okay, am I going to go spend all this money on booze? somewhere else or can me and my buddy just pitch in for a for a bottle mm -hmm. or we all get a bunch of beer and we just hang out at the house like what's the what's the better option here all mm -hmm. overall like a bar doesn't have call of duty yeah. what the fuck is this sometimes it's even exhaustion from the because it's not a fake way of being but you do have to put on like run a different system in your mind to like run like person to person interaction program I Even with your closest friends. Yeah. And that's how I know that it's a thing that I'm like, there's people that I'm so comfortable 
still being myself around, but I still know that I have to be very aware overly of social graces because I will, I will do things that I'm not aware I'm, I'm doing and I'll get too comfortable and that sort of thing. And I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't quite do that. I have to remember certain things. So it's like sometimes I truly am very much at peace when I am just me and my dog, you know, <laughs> he doesn't understand or judge me for just like the, my weird <laughs> modes or lack of social graces in certain ways, you know? Um, but I have found people who are very accepting of like just the type of person that I am. And well, I mean, I was going to say like, like, yeah, like I, I've kicked it with you sober. Otherwise, <laughs> you know what I mean? I never got any major red flags. You know yeah. I, mean? I feel like I, I've done a lot of therapy to learn, like I've been in therapy since I was seventeen, yeah. um, consistently to just learn to to exist and like find environments I feel comfortable in and like being myself around because I am like, although I do have that kind of social battery that gets drained a little bit quicker than others, I am quite extroverted. I love making new friends and I love meeting people and I and I feel like I become close to people very quickly, um, but even with the people that I'm closest to, I'm like I just need like a little. Just, yeah. just not even from you, just like so that I can just like put on like my rusty bitch face and not care about anything and get my workout done as I paint and work and do all these other things at the same time. Yeah. It's just sometimes you just have to put on a different mode to exist around other people. Well, exactly. And that's not direct towards anybody. That's mm-hmm. just you yeah. having to recharge. So I'm the same yeah. way. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm like, there's, there's just, you know, social interactions and there's like an A to a B to a C to a D and, and you just got to remember how that works sometimes and then as you get older just kind of stuff just becomes more second nature and you just become more yourself I think and you learn that those things that you kind of suppress a lot like your weird questions and thoughts like they'll be appreciated (laughs) in the right circles you know (laughs) and with the right people and so it's kind of about not judging yourself as much as like just not taking the initial judgment people placed upon you as personally anymore no, trying to be authentic without scaring everyone off. <laughs> no, I mean, that's a good way to put it. And I feel like a lot of people our age are experiencing that just because, like, we grew up in that certain time period. Then we grew up with the internet and the dawn of social media and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like, like you're not alone in your school of thought right now. Because mm. I think people, as I think our generation, as we grow up, we, we all, you know, hopefully, I know it's not the case for everybody, but hopefully you find your little group of people you like to hang out with or mm-hmm. spend your time with, or whatever, whether it's like a group of people that are friends, whether it's a community in your church, whether it's your husband or wife, whatever it is, right? You found the the area you need to be in, mm-hmm. you know? And you finally realize that, yeah, like the things that I was holding back about myself, the things that I, uh, I liked about myself, I didn't think other people liked about myself, or you, you'll find that those things are just fine by yourself, and mm-hmm. then they're just fine around the right kind of mm-hmm. people. And it's all, and a lot of it, maybe those people, like you'll have people that'll judge you directly. That, that mm-hmm. exists. But maybe it was just perceived judgment that you were putting on yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's, yeah. I, I feel like that's a common yeah. denominator in a lot of people our age. And that's why, um, with like the songs that I have, they, they are like directed towards myself as I'm finding out all of these mechanisms that I had just naturally developed to be able to like interact and exist and, and things. And I'm kind of just leaving a lot of things behind, getting more into who I am and. So when you're it's, talking about sleeping until 4 p.m., that's... <laughs> that used to be stuff I did, Yeah, you know? It, back when I was, like, in the deepest of my depression or just unmotivated for anything and just that's stuff I did. And then I'd be like, oh, why am I so sad? And it's like, well, 
you're not doing much else than letting yourself be, you know, and there's a point where it's out of your control. But there's a point where you can try your hardest, you know, and hope for the best. And I've been there a few times. <laughs> what did you do to keep what 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 daily habits do you have to keep, you know, keep depression at bay the thoughts yeah the the the, the, un, the unbearable weight of it all yeah uh, do, um, you, do you have daily habits you're like okay i need mm-hmm. to do x y and z to I set do. myself up and okay yes and i actually started taking adhd meds which did help me a lot and i realized that a lot of like um as i'm taking them more a lot of my depression came from stuff that were like symptoms that I couldn't feel like I could control. Um, like, I remember being so depressed and getting so down on myself. I'm like, oh, I'm just like, people probably think I'm so unprofessional because I'm always so late and like <laughs> like all of those things, you know? And I'm like, that's like a, a chronic, like like a thing with me that I, and I, it's not on purpose. I work really fucking hard to be on time and then I just, I have no concept of time at all. It, I, since we started, you, I don't know if it's been 30 minutes or an hour and a half. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I won't tell you till it's over. And I have no idea. And I'm cool <laughs> with that, you know? But that just, it it was those things. And then I started taking medication that helps just like the chemicals balance a little bit more where I can, but the energy I'm putting into my, my stuff is more efficient. And I am late a lot less now. And therefore, I'm not so down on my confidence and down on myself and how I perform. And like things like, like that, you know, where I'm like, I'm actually finding out that a lot of things that were making me sad were things that I just that were kind of out of my control but I was trying my hardest to control without just some extra help and the medication really like has helped me so much I was gonna say so the medication that you're taking is it do you feel like it helps you organize things better yeah so the there's been like two ways that I can like really describe what like really intense unmedicated ADHD is like so Picture, like, a thought that you have or, like, an action you're trying to do, like, brushing your teeth. And picture in your head you're, like, in a hallway, and at the beginning of the hallways you're deciding you're brushing your teeth, and at the end of the hallway is the door where you actually get to brush your teeth. And your mission is to get to that door without getting distracted or doing anything else. But the, the twist is that there's a million doors on the way that are all really bright and loud and interesting. And what do you do? You're so lucky if you actually get to the end of that hallway in those 10 seconds as you thought it takes you to get to the bathroom. Because there's so much, so many other things and it's not a, a lack of attention. You are, you are able to pay attention to many things at once. Therefore, it's hard to just focus on speaking on one thing. And then another way, it's like, because I have many thoughts in my head at all times. And when at all times, it's not like I hear like voices. It's all my voice. <laughs> it's just me thinking a million things. And there's like 12 songs in the background, just <laughs> repeating one line, you know, <laughs> that's just kind of how it, how it is. But when I am able to take the medication, maybe that's like two or three and I can actually manage it and I can work better and I can actually not have just random, you know, commercial breaks going in my head as I'm trying to read or as I'm trying to write a song or as I'm trying to work or hang out with people listen to a a fucking conversation you know but another way to put it is like imagine you have like like two extra arms and if you're lucky you can get them to do what you want but most of the times your two extra arms are just kind of going to do what they want and ADD meds have helped me be able to rein in and control where that energy goes 
a little bit more. So it's just like a, there's a lot going on all the time and being able to put it into one area can be really difficult because the doors are so bright, <laughs> you know. And so it's like there's definitely times, especially when I'm talking a lot, um, that I just forget what I was saying or what I'm going to say or where the fuck I was going with that because there was like a funny little nugget in my head or I'm just thinking about anything else and I can't help it. So I'm really lucky if I get a sentence out and it's cohesive. I hope for the best most of the time. When did you notice this started becoming a thing for you? Really young, but I just assumed things were wrong with me and I, I just was wrong and I should like hide it. How long <laughs> are we talking? Like a kid. But okay. I was in a family where mental illness was you can pray it away and it's all demons and stuff like that. We so I just time, yeah, yeah, so I just was like I if I say anything I'm going to get fucking exercised. You know, <laughs> I don't want to do that. I just I mean not to completely cuz I love this conversation. <laughs> yeah. But I just rewatched because again, I mean you've known me for a while now. Mm -hmm. I'm a fucking dork about what I love. And I love collecting movies. Nice. And they re-released The Exorcist. And I had never seen the unrated version of it. But they, they re-released <laughs> the, uh, the Exorcist on 4K. So I bought that from... Happily spent my, nice. 30, my, my $25, $30 <laughs> at yeah. Best Buy. Got it. Watched it. That movie fucking holds up, dude. It's so good. That movie holds up. It's so fun. Like, like if you... What I love about that movie, and I think it's very unique in its own way to horror movies in this way... Like, you can write down some of the lines, like, on paper. Especially, like, the, the shit that the girl says and she's, like, super possessed at the end. Mm -hmm. And you read it, like, oh, that's fucking ridiculous. How is that scary? But then, like, when you see her fucking all, like, rotten and she's turned <laughs> yeah. around, her eyes are green, her head does a 360, you know, your mother sucks cocks in hell. <laughs> it's like, whoa, that's fucking scary. It makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. it's kind of goofy. Right. But it's, it's like, right. Well, okay. the time, Well, the, you know? the third time she does it, it's funny. But the, <laughs> I'm, I'll be honest. It takes a lot for me to get scared in a movie, but I was disturbed. I was like, like, his mother's choking right now. <laughs> oh no! His mother's a sinner. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so the reason the reason I ask about your age is because, okay, so let's say you're like seven, eight years old, maybe. Yeah, I'm like gaining self awareness. When did you get your first touchscreen? Touchscreen anything? Um. <laughs> high school okay do you feel like it so say like 15 years old 16 maybe like 16 yeah because i had like not great phones until okay later on feel that same. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um so 16 years old let's make it easy because my brain is stupid 16 or eight years old start noticing things eight years later 16 years old you get your first smartphone do you feel like the way your brain processed things, do you feel like that got accelerated after you started using a touch phone and after like that sensation was now accessible to you? I, or touch screen rather? I definitely feel like I became obsessed with my phone very quickly when I did get it, you know? Um, just the sensory of using it and like it's bright little things, yeah. you know? It's, there's so much I could do and I was like an app. I'm still like an app fiend. I love a pointless app. I do. Just oh, like so Instagram, Facebook, little, and TikTok. No, like little and, puzzles and stuff. Okay, you <laughs> like do I not, love that shit. You do not get the shit on Block Puzzle. All right, that is my favorite app. 
<laughs> it's fun. I lose so much. I, I, I'll lose fucking like a good half hour playing yeah. that fucking game. Yeah. I used to be upset. Like in, in middle school, I whenever we go into like the computer lab, I used to play, play Frogger for like hours. <laughs> like for way too long. And I would get so attached to my little frog and try not to kill it. <laughs> for, like, for hours. Mine was the, especially in like middle school, was, yeah. Our, so a lot of our uh computers had tetris and then they also had the the 3d pinball oh, that was just on I windows loved, i loved that mm-hmm. yeah and you pressed you pressed the control on the left side and z on the right side or if you could set it up to where it's like mm-hmm. uh left control right control yeah just doing that that was so fun oh it was fucking... so satisfying the click, 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 click. Yeah. it was so fun i remember uh attempting and failing at learning chess on the computer same i never had any idea what happened sometimes i would get lucky and like win and i'm like i can't do that again the but. only <laughs> reason i knew how to play chess on the keyboard or on the computer is it showed you where the character moved or the piece moved yeah so it's like oh like, right mm, that's what a right, rook right, does right, that's right, what right, a knight yeah. does oh, <laughs> yeah, okay like, it makes cool, sense cool, cool. that makes sense <laughs> i'll remember that for sure <laughs> i knew either way i just i was i was, I was checking you yeah, I was, I was, I was <laughs> trying to really catch the computer slipping. <laughs> Solitaire was really fun. <laughs> yes. I I was one of the dumb kids. Damn, we're old as fuck. I know. <laughs> Jeez. I I was one of the dumb kids though, and I could I could f- try to figure out solitaire, but I never figured out spider solitaire. I did. Do you remember I, spider that solitaire? That one had a few different decks, right? Or it had multiple decks and there were cards like across the whole screen rather than just like the six or five, whatever it yeah, was. Yeah. I think so. Actually I don't know. I, I was, remember playing one that had a bunch of decks, but I don't remember the cards. Yeah, I was too dumb. I <laughs> couldn't like, like, the minute thing. those cards started started uh, the minute <laughs> the cards started shooting. Say that fucking three <laughs> times across the screen, I was like I'm going back to pinball. Fuck I'm like, this. uh, Galaga? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So you get your first touchscreen. Mm-hmm. You find yourself addicted to your phone, addicted to apps. And, that, and, and the bigger picture on why I asked that is because, like, for me, I know my dopamine receptors are blown. Like, and it takes, <laughs> no, and it takes, like, conscious work for me to, like, get away from it. Mm-hmm. And the only reason that I don't think that I'm completely too far gone is because I can go through a whole podcast without thinking about my phone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that actually, ha- and that means I still enjoy human conversation, yeah. whether it's, you know, a good friend of mine, like, right now, like, we were hanging out and having a good time, mm-hmm. like, I've, we know each other, or if it's, like, a new person, mm-hmm. right? Either way, I can reach a level of engagement that at least doesn't make me want to pick up this bastard every yeah. fucking like fifty minutes yeah. or fifteen minutes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, if not sooner than that. And like it's gotten to the point at work where like work is so boring sometimes. I'm be careful what I say. <laughs> yeah. Well no, because I found out that my vice the vice <laughs> president the well, tough. well no, no 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 my, my no I'm out of the army. Oh. My my civilian job. Okay. Yeah, my civilian job. Right, well, right, right, right. no, my my. I found out recently that my vice president watches the podcast like religiously. <laughs> yeah, which is a, it's it's my own fault. If you're watching, what's up, dude? But like, yeah, yeah, it's my own fault because what happened was he came down for the first time after I got hired because he came down to meet like because I guess the office had gone through a huge transition of new management and new this and new that mm-hmm. and whatever. So after like two months of me being there, he came down. 
to meet us all, and I had made a mistake. This is my fault. This is I claim this is my mistake. We're sitting around the conference table eating lunch, and they're all having their conversation, and I'm literally uploading for the podcast, right, because I had missed it in the morning. So I'm doing it during lunch. And he's like, okay, well, if you just go around the table, uh, like, like, what do you guys do? Like, 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 I don't give a fuck, like, like, what you do for the company. Like, what do you do in your free time? Like, mm-hmm. are you guys married? Do you have a boyfriend? Do you have a girlfriend? Do you, uh, like, do your friends like to go play pool? Do you play video games? Like, what do you guys... Oh, he seems icebreakers. Like, yeah. yeah. But he seems like a cool guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he seems like the kind of guy that watched Sopranos, like, three times and was nice. like, that's my personality. Yeah. <laughs> and I fuck with that. You know what I mean? So, so he started, like, two people down from me. And it got to me, and I was like, yeah, no, I'm still in the guard. I do this, and I run a po- <sighs> I run a podcast. And he goes, oh, like, what? And then the whole co- – because it's a bunch of dudes, and, like, the only I think the only chick there was our HR. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so it like- quickly turned into, like <laughs> – Joe Rogan and Bigfoot and aliens. I was yeah. like, nonsense, right? But then I get a fucking, uh, I get a phone call like five months later from my boss, who I uh, I adore. And she goes, oh, by the way, you know, you know, Jeremy Lee fucking listens to your shit on a regular basis, right? And I was like, uh, no, I did not know that. Like- uh <laughs> We're gonna act like we didn't have this conversation. Hey, I anyway. don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so so work is, like work is yeah like work isn't like it's boring sometimes, but like there are times where I'm like just so disassociated that I'm like I'll pull up my phone. I'm just like so now I've gotten mm-hmm. to the point like over the last couple of weeks where I don't I plug my phone in so it's charging and I throw it in the bottom of my desk. Yeah. Like I, in a drawer, I don't touch it. I have the ringer off. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> I have the ringer off, and then, <laughs> and then I uh, I put my shit on theater mode, mm-hmm. so it doesn't like give me alerts, mm-hmm. and I just go to business. But like, I know that my I don't think I have anything in the neighborhood of ADHD, but I know that my attention span is pretty fucked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And maybe there's some like obviously some similarities there. Maybe you know that's but, a spectrum. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> but I just. I blame a lot of it on my phone and mm. on social media and the mm. fact that I've let it infect me so much. Because mm. I'll tell you, like, some of the happiest that I've been in this regard was because mm, when did George Floyd get killed? Was that June COVID. of twenty? Was that June? Right? Yeah, but it was twenty twenty. So. Yeah, it was that but that summer. Was, but that was June, right? Mm-hmm. So like June so. of twenty twenty, like the let's say like the back half. Back half of June of 2020 up until like August, end of August or so of that year when I announced I was doing a podcast, um, I was off social media. Mm. I was completely off. Like the, I got rid of my Instagram. I got rid of my, my Facebook. I had Snapchat for like my friends and stuff, but like I didn't fuck with social media at all. And that was some of the calm, like the calmest I've been, the more focused that I've been without like having to actually put like extra work into it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I still would be in that mode if it weren't for this. I'm very thankful for this, mm-hmm. obviously. But, like, I recognize yeah, I we're, like, I resisted TikTok for so long. I'm still kind of holding out. But I know I need to. I'm, it's my New Year's resolution to, like, make a TikTok and, like, use it and post. Because I need to. I, I, it's like I'm, I'm music, you know? <laughs> right. Like it's, a, it's a huge platform. Yeah. It's a huge avenue to, like, advertise yourself, which obviously you need to do. Mm-hmm. And I need to do as well and all that type of shit. But on the other hand, like, because at first I said, all right, no TikTok. Then it was like, okay, only podcast TikTok. Mm-hmm. 
And then uh, when I'm logging into the app, it wanted to do it through Facebook. So I did it to my personal. Then I added the podcast. And then, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, and I find myself, like, I, I, I tell myself, like, you know, I only use it for the podcast. But then still, I'll flip yeah and tiktok has cool shit on yeah. it yeah like there's like i don't know it's what like addictive for a reason you yeah know? Like, i don't know what your algorithm is going to look like but mine a lot of the lives that i get like the tiktok lives mm-hmm. it's just homies playing video games oh like it's mortal Kombat, <laughs> call of duty zombies and um, awesome gamers. and need for speed nice. that's what it is oh. I yeah. loved Need for Speed yeah. growing up. Yeah, so so it's I'm like, why am I not going to fucking sit here for the next five minutes and watch this guy play zombies? Yeah. And then half an hour. It's entertaining. 45 minutes goes by, and I'm like, what? The Chinese government <laughs> like, knows what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, it's bright and dumb and short attention spans. You know, it's good for those. Exactly. And so I, I just recognize the uh, the issues with that and what the... And the uh, the role, and I've allowed it, right? I'm not saying that I'm, you know, absolved in any of this, but like, it's good at what it does. All of them, mm-hmm. every single one of them. They are. Like, I've. I wonder if you, I, I'd imagine you find yourself in this position sometimes, but like, I have found myself where I'm like, nothing is happening in between, like, let's say, Facebook, Instagram, and yeah, TikTok, but I'm still reloading each app. Almost in a cycle to see something new comes up. I'm like, oh, I realize reloading notifications. What the fuck is wrong with me? Mine thinks TV more so than Ooh. like apps. Like I always have something playing in the background. If it's not music, it's TV or some form of thing that I'm watching playing oh. in the background. That's okay. So I took that in a different way. Oh, you, well, you've heard about like it was a thing when we were growing up because we kind of. We were in the coattails of the end of uh, cable television, but just you're not even watching TV; you're just scrolling, yeah, or you're flipping through, surfing, surfing through the channels. They made it sound so cool. Yeah, surfing channels. Yeah, surfing through the channels, not really watching anything, zoned out for hours. The new version of that are the apps. Yeah, it is long form, short form. Yeah, a lot better. It's a lot more effective at it because it's in your pocket. Mm-hmm. I remember being like so addicted to TV when I was a kid. Um, I told my mom to get rid of the TV in my room because I was like, I'm not, it's, I'm not no, letting myself sleep. Did no, it. I did. I wasn't sleeping. How old were you? I think 13. And it was really getting to me, like just the lack of sleep. You had that clarity as a 13 Yeah, I've been, it's been fucked up since I was little. Yeah. <laughs> It, like I've known too many things. It's my biggest problem about myself, you know. I fucking love you to death, dude. Oh my god. So I was like, mother, I've about slept about two hours a night yeah, for you, ten years. You, you should probably in, take this TV. You walked in like Damien from The Omen, just like, <laughs> mother. I need your assistance. I didn't realize how is. like weird that was until I think I was telling people why I don't have a TV now in my apartment because it's it's pure, like we had one in our old house, but those are my roommates. Yeah. Um, and I just haven't like saved up to I haven't prioritized saving up for a TV yet. Yeah. Um, I'm like, and I'm watching stuff on my phone all the time. It's fine. I don't people over that much anyway. But I need to get a TV. But it was like since then I was like va- I vowed to myself to never have a TV in my room because I knew I would not sleep and like I can't have stuff in the background when i'm going to sleep because my brain needs to finish it 
Like I can't Ooh. fall asleep at movie nights because I have to finish the movie. You're like, hey, fucker, wake yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. And it was really frustrating having slumber parties with people. I'm like, why are you asleep? We've never seen this before. <laughs> Being really confused. That was me. Yeah. I came, like, I'm like, I like this movie. This yeah. Really I'm like, good. everyone's asleep. <laughs> so yeah, TV was, it was a problem. And I was just so tired and not sleeping. And I had to tell my mom to, to intervene. Because I was like, I'm not going to get rid of my own mother. And she was like, all right. Well, I mean, <laughs> see, for me, and that's why I fucking love weed so much now. Well, because really, like, I've made the mistake. Because, again, like, up until now, my weed use, I mean, you you know, I made enough sense of this. Like, it was very rare. Mm. So, um, recently, <laughs> yes, recently, uh Recently that I'm doing it more like they're like in the first week I was like smoking during the day. I was like, why am I so tired? Why am I like so like not like high? But I was like, well, I was like, why am I so tired so early? That's new. I wasn't smoking a lot, Mm -hmm. just a little bit. And I was like, okay, okay, that's what that is. Okay, let's only. So now I only really smoke, with the exception of a podcast here and there. I only smoke, um, before I go to bed, like Mm -hmm. as I'm laying down. You know what I mean? Like I I take a couple of hits. I've been reading. this new Elon Musk biography that came out, <laughs> fucking <laughs> great! It is a great. Re- I mean, the the author is very good anyway. I like his stuff, mm. but um, yeah, the, the content is fucking great. Anyway, anyway, so but before that, um, especially as I moved in with my buddies, I always I have to fall asleep with the TV on. Mm. I have to, and uh, ever since I've been smoking, I have no need. Nice. I just take a couple of fucking Sorry. hits and you just go, oh, it's time to, you know. <laughs> and then you're out. Yeah. That sounds nice. Yeah. M- music or like just sound, like like white noise or those little videos, that helps me sleep the most. So why do you think you can fall asleep to music but it not? Div- it has to be so... Actually, I have a system for that. It has to be instrumental. (laughs) Yes. If I'm going to fall asleep to specifically music, it has to be like an instrumental classical album that I've heard millions of times that my brain will be comfortable knowing and like dozing off to. Oh, wow. But otherwise, I can't fall asleep to just my playlist because I'm going to listen to the songs. (laughs) I'm not going to be able to sleep. Um, And I used to think it was my phone that was the problem too until I was like really determined to see. And then I would just be laying in my bed like, shuffling shuffling and then would naturally get more sleepy around 4 a.m um and my mom said that when i was a baby i slept during the day and i was awake at night consistently like that was my sleep schedule for a very 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 long time until i had to adjust to theirs um because you know how parents adjust to their kids schedule at first and then as life goes on you have to adjust to what your parents are doing um but she said that that was like my natural sleep cycle was just like being bright and awake at night. And to this day, I'm my most uh, like alert and productive unless like substances are involved from like <laughs> 7 p.m. to like 3 a.m. Those yeah. That's like my time where I'm like the most like, yeah, and then 3 a.m. I'll get like sleepy and wind down. But so if I just... I, I mean, I have to work at, at 7, so I've had to try to teach myself to like go to bed at like at least midnight or like not push it past like 2 a.m you know and it's hard like i can't help it a lot of times even if it's just like and i what actually helps me now sometimes is like uh do you know the casper mattress (laughs) 
they have a YouTube channel where they tell like adult oh, bedtime stories. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, it's yeah, really yeah, comforting, yeah. actually. And then it's just kind of what? nonsense stories. I was going to say, what the fuck are the stories? They're just kind of nonsense. They're like takes on like old, uh, like a Jack and the Beanstalk thing, but they like the jokes are kind of funny and it just really makes no sense and it's just so as you're falling asleep you're like it's just your <laughs> rambling yeah it's just little rambles and it's in a very soothing voice and i had to listen to it a few times before i like could just fall asleep because i knew where it was going you know mm. um but just little things like that help so usually things without words that don't change are gonna be what i fall asleep to unless it's something that i already know the way it's gonna go Right. And then I have to make sure it only loops like once because I just don't like the thought of my phone running when I'm asleep for some right. reason. No, yeah. No, I get that. No, no, yeah. <laughs> it's a <I>, system. <laughs> I, uh, when I was using YouTube to fall asleep, I'd fall asleep to like, whether it was like YouTubers that I like that do reviews of stuff or, um, my, it happened like maybe eight months ago, nine months ago. It was a while back this year. Uh, my YouTube would be recommending me like video game documentaries, like the history of blank or mm. all of the blank. So I'd fall asleep to that. But every so often it would like leak into my, my what I'm listening to would leak into my yeah. dreams. So one time I fell asleep to, uh, to fuck it. And you know what liminal spaces are? Mm-mm. You ever seen those? Okay. So <laughs> it's, it's, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but. I know you've seen it on uh, what's it called on like social media and stuff. Okay. Um, let's see, liminal space. And so I watched this thing. I fell asleep to this thing where it was like, yeah, um, there are like levels to it, and there's like creatures and like monsters mm-hmm. and shit that live in these different <laughs> stages or whatever, and it like yeah. leaked into my dreams. So that's happened once or twice. Yeah. But see, so yeah, a liminal, this is what a liminal space, if you want to scroll through that. Oh, okay. It's like the empty spaces. Mm-hmm. It's like the empty, like an office space or a pool mm-hmm. or a playground or, and there's an yeah. actual, and there's an actual term for seeing stuff like this and having an emotion towards it. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what the term is, but it's, the feeling of missing something you never experienced. Yeah. And it's like it's it's like you feel like you should be yeah. attached it's to like it. Phantom nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. That should be a, you could write that down. That's a fucking <laughs> song name right Bars. there. <laughs> write it down, write it down, write it down, write it down. <laughs> Phantom nostalgia. Yeah. 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 So just false stuff like that's kind of scary sometimes. But yeah. The last like three weeks or so that I've been out of the military. That have been smoking. Sleeping peacefully. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That makes me happy because now not only are you done, but you're getting better quality sleep. Literally. Yeah. And like, (laughs) like some of my pain is mitigated, like my lower back shit and like my Mm -hmm. right knee for sure is getting a little bit mitigated. I need to get back on my vitamins, but. Have you tried like lotions and stuff? Cause those really help. Yeah, so I did. I, I I keep meaning to get it, but I used to do because there was a weird like limbo time, in end of twenty twenty going into twenty one, where the military is allowed to use CBD. So I was mm. using CBD oil mm-hmm. on my elbows and then on my right knee, and that was helping out a lot. Oh. I, I need to go back and yeah. start doing that again. But just also my diet's been dick, and I've been taking mm. my vitamins, <laughs> and you know what I mean. Yeah. So. 
And also doing fucking stand-up on top of this has been really taking up my nights. Mm-hmm. So I bet. I had this like spray that I used after my surgery that really helped. I'll have to send you like a yeah. recommendation. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do, of course, I do want to talk about your music. So I remember oh, last yeah. time we went through fucking like almost <laughs> three hours of nothing. True. Or not nothing. Okay, not Just nothing. rambles. I was no, rambling. Yeah, not nothing. Like We went through a three-hour great, a like, two-and-a-half, three-hour great conversation. But at the end of it, I was like, Fuck, we're here to do music shit. It's already 10 p.m. <laughs> shit. It happens. Yeah, so the stuff you sent me. Mm. Now, we, we talked about the recording situation right now, and I hope mm. I hope I can help. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to use that mic. Yeah, I, I hope that helps. Um, So I can, like, because I've seen you, obviously, live. You're a great, you have a great singing voice. Thank right? You. You're a great vocalist. You're very <laughs> talented you. in that way. Um, I've never... Um, but I've never gotten anything that you've written before. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, actually written out for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I so for the first two that you sent me again, I know the recording situation, so I can obviously forgive a lot of what's going on there. Yeah, Techn- just, just record, the, yeah, the technicality, the of little it. demos I recorded those on yeah. my phone. So, well, yeah. well, yeah, those are great demos. <laughs> you know what I mean, they, they are demos. So I like what was there, nice. like, like the quality that that is there. I lo- I liked it a lot. Thanks. And then I did. <laughs> I really did dig the. Uh, the instrumental you sent me as well. I'm glad. Yeah, yeah that one's fun. Was it on? Came together. Was it on the first or the second song that you sent me where you're uh, implementing Spanish? The second song. Okay. I'm yeah, because right. a little short one. It's just like three movements, and there I wrote that one a really long time ago. Um, and then the second one I had sent you with like much, many more words, just me having an existential crisis. I was it was I wrote that one during recovery and I was just like sad and like crying about stuff cuz you you ever like go through a situation that just like kind of hurts you in the same way that like a different situation hurt you growing up or in the past or something Sorry. and it just kind of hits the same Very recently actually Yeah <laughs> So no okay so it was it was in uh uh, jungle that had the Spanish in it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That one. Yeah. But yeah, that one too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yes, very recently actually. So I feel that. Yeah, and so I was going through that, and then I was like, fuck, I don't know. I I need to just like take it out or something. And so I took some <laughs> herbal supplements, and right after I took my herbal supplements, I was like, Why am I stressed? <laughs> Why am I stressing? And so. <laughs> I started writing that song about just like things that made you sad, kind of using them to just be like, well, stuff kind of sucks sometimes, but we might as well just try to have fun, you know, in whatever way we all dissociate a little bit, whether it be like working out, going for a run, dancing with at the club with your friends, making art, making music, doing drugs, you know, like everyone has something they're doing to try to get away from it all a little bit, you know. So that song was kind of more about like, questions i asked myself to try to cope with that and just um just existing <laughs> and then ways that i've like made myself a better so it's like everything's kind of crazy but like we could go this really dark path or we could just have a good beer with our friends yeah you know <laughs> well and it's funny you frame it that way and i like it because i remember i was 20 years old in my apartment it's so weird. Yeah, it was 20 years old, October of 2017. Mm. My engagement had just ended very abruptly. And thinking about joining the military, 
trying to figure out my trying to figure (laughs) out my life i'm working two jobs one of them i like one of them i hate but i have to work two jobs to pay my rent and rent back then was cheap as shit but i was fucking struggling right and i remember around that time it was around it was around halloween time because my buddy evan well, I hope you get to meet someday because Evan's a fucking party. That guy. I love that guy. <laughs> he lives out in uh, Nevada. Nice. He was, uh, he would crash at my place whenever, because he, he used to be in the guard as well here in New Mexico. And I remember around that time, I had the first like real, like sentient, conscious, like, oh shit thought. And that was like, yo, we're kind of just doing things to kill time until we die. Mm-hmm. what the fuck is going on? And it took a couple of years, and I like kind of toyed with that thought and oftentimes actively suppressed it because it would really bother me, right? It would take meeting away from a lot of things that I was doing. Just whether mm-hmm. it is hanging out with friends, playing video games, going to the gym, trying yeah. to stay fit, trying to do this, trying to do that. I had no real fitness goals back then. I just wanted <laughs> to stay like not fat. You know what I mean? I still want to be fat. But like, you know, I had no real like purpose or direction where my life was going. And it took me a couple of years until I was like, oh, this is like, oh, this is what's going on here. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, okay, we need like yeah, you're killing time until you die. But it's yeah. what you're doing and how you're doing it and the relationships mm-hmm. you're making. That's what gives it purpose. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's how you decide how you decide to spend your time on your yeah. way out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what what song did you start with first? One of the ones I sent you? Yeah, or like in yeah the ones you sent me. Oh, sent me? um, Probably the really short one. Okay. Because that one's really old, and that one's definitely older than the other two. When did it first start? Like two and a half years ago. Okay. I was just playing on my keys and trying to think of melodies going like just, you know, just kind of going for it, and then just words came to it. That one is very much one that just kind of wrote itself really quickly. Um, and then I just never really thought about it again, but then it just kind of would just pop into my head sometimes. I'm like, oh, yeah, I do still remember this one. I didn't really write it anywhere. But uh, the nice thing about like kind of writing to whatever vocals you feel comfortable that day and matching, you know, the pitch on the keys is that I can just go back and sing it how I naturally want to sing it and I can just match that pitch and then the, the chords come, you know, as long as I keep the melody the same. So one of the things has to stay the same. But that one... Out of those three has been the oldest, but I've been writing for a long time. What made you finally want to revisit it? Um, I think I've been wanting to put out a little EP for a long time. And I do have a lot of old songs that I keep wanting to revisit. When I first started at School of Rock, I actually started with a full album written. I had 16 songs written out completely. And I needed help uh, producing them and getting help and learning how to not be anxious so that I can show them to people and sing in front of people, which has been my biggest hurdle. Um, And actually letting people read my lyrics was very vulnerable to me. And so it took me a long time to be able to be like, okay, so I have this like entire album and I have like a six album discography planned and like I had a whole thing already set. Like I, it was called Watercolor Beach and I had like 16 songs and it was like real intense and like kind of like not good because I was like 18. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, had a whole thing already 
ready and I know that there are some nuggets in there that are useful and like kind of clever so I do like to go back and look at old stuff sometimes to either expand upon it or like Frankenstein some lines together or just kind of give me a vibe into something new that I'm doing but I'm currently in a mix of doing both old and new stuff um I'm like I'm feeling creative you know but I also feel like I want to honor the feelings I had before but didn't want to say out loud at the time wherever I was you know or maybe I found a better way to phrase this one thing because I know that thing had potential you know so I'm kind of in that process of figuring out like and sometimes I just will sit and just write something new and sometimes I'll just have an idea and I'll just write a bunch of verses randomly and I just never look at them because if they were amazing they would have stuck in my head you know (laughs) so I just kind of just keep I'm getting in the habit of just doing it no matter what no matter what no matter what but I'm trying to find a balance between not getting stuck with old with old stuff and then not pushing myself to be super creative when I am feeling like writer's block you know so I'm like okay now I can look back at my old things and see if that kind of sparks something else right Mm -hmm. okay that makes sense yeah take a little break because I need to go take a pee break pee break right back all right so funny story okay because my my smoking journey has been a very it's it's infancy. Yeah. Oh, oh, we're back. We're back. We're back. It's in its infancy. So I tried because I again I just smoked flour every now and again, not nothing really crazy. Being in the military, that type of shit. So, um, I go to the dispensary for the first time. Go up to Dark Matter, and it's a great spot. I've never been there before. It's on Wantabo and Manal, I think. Mm-mm. Cool little place, right? Cool little place. Cool name. Yeah. And uh, so I get a little disposable, and it treated me pretty well. I was like, "All right, okay. this ain't bad. Like this is <laughs> like, uh, this oh. is a lot like what you just gave me. Not bad." Oh, I didn't do anything. Yeah, right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You handed me the second one that I have. I was holding it for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I. So I go back and I was like, well, because I'm starting out very low, mm-hmm. right? Very low. I'm doing a hybrid and just half a gram because I don't want a whole lot. I don't want to smoke a whole lot. And I just want to like, uh, like, like I've been telling you before, you know, I don't want to fucking trash. I don't want to trash myself. I don't want right. to ruin my tolerance. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I still like feeling it's like, expensive. well, it's expensive. But then also there was a Saturday where I like, I started smoking from like the, like not the one I got, like I got up showered got ready to start it you know what i mean and i just felt burnt the whole day so mm. i was like oh, okay i don't really want that Ooh, that's a little tingly <laughs> <laughs> you're like Ooh, I feel the effects yeah that's a little tingly too <laughs> hello a couple of rips for jesus and we're right back okay we room for the holy spirit <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> holy breath <laughs> <laughs> but we uh <laughs> we ever told that as a kid leave room for the holy spirit yeah, I was I was told that at dances all the time, like middle school dances, mm-hmm. like leave room for the Holy Spirit. Any that's funny. Anyway, mm-hmm. so <laughs> I just felt for Jesus. I just felt burnt the whole day, but yeah. then I I was figured, well, I'm not gonna, I'm still gonna stick to half a gram, but like I don't want to deal with disposables. I like to get something that's cheaper in the long run. So I got one of these, and like I was telling you a little earlier before we started, if I take a little bit too much of this all at once, like literally, I went to sleep two nights in a row because I thought the one night was an anomaly. But I went to sleep two nights in a row, just overthinking, anxiety, mm. paranoia, and I, and I like felt the, and I felt I was like, oh, this is like, it's not like, 
it's not in the ballpark of mushroom type, like Sins of Impending Doom, but if like that's here, this is over here, mm-hmm. and it's a short walk. Mm-hmm. You know it's what I mean? It's along the lines, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, okay, we're going to stay away from that, and then we're going to move on. But um, that's not bad. <laughs> okay, so you're 18 years old. You're a school of rock, and at this point, you have an idea for six albums. You have, an, you have and at one point, you have 16 songs together. Mm-hmm. What time? At 18? Yeah. Okay. I had so, a, yeah. Okay, so you have the 16 songs, and then now, how old are you now, if you mind me asking? Oh, wait, was I 18? I'm like, hold on, wait, how old was I when I started School of Rock? Something happened in 18. No, I was not 18. I was older, because it was after college. Okay. Um, So I had my 16 songs, and I think I was 21. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if you mind me asking, how old are you now? 27. 27. Okay, so... Six years later, mm-hmm. and you're able to look back on these things. Do you find there's a lot of things there where you're like, oh, there's like a nugget or a couple of nuggets of good mm-hmm. stuff there. I'm going to take this and rip it into something new, yeah. attach it to something new, or make it something on its own, make it better of what it was back then. Mm-hmm. Do you also find yourself going, wow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, she felt some type of way. <laughs> yeah, I definitely. There, sometimes I am pleasantly surprised because moving, I found a lot of my old journals and a lot of, because uh, I have many journals where I keep my songs. It's never just one where I want to keep it organized. It's always just every whatever journal is closest to me at the time. Um, so I finally found a bunch of them and I was like going through them and like seeing what was like good and what was bad. And so there's definitely times when I'm like, mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad this was not seen by anybody, but I needed to say it, you know, so it's like it's it's something I very much do for myself. And um, it was it was my way of like trying to feel trying to put like difficult feelings into a way that could be understood by other people. Um, So it's like trying to find connection while I analyze how I feel and try to like aim because like my other songs that are like kind of a little more aggressive they are aimed at myself you know it's like me dragging like past versions of myself past like habits I got into and mindsets and things like that where it's like sometimes you just it's you (laughs) at times you know but going back to old songs reminds me of like different mindsets I was in and I look at things and I'm like oh well I, I really like this and I remember it's like I'm there all over again but now I can find different ways to say it or a different way to put it to a thing because I started writing poetry when I was really really young I was not like a very social kid so I spent a lot of time with my thoughts and most of the time I would just have to write um write it out draw about it listen to music about it so I kind of wouldn't it wouldn't feel so overwhelming um and so my biggest issue transitioning from like poetry to music which I always enjoyed um, was finding melodies to the words that were just coming so naturally. Um, so that was why a lot of my songs ended up like not getting to a production place or to a place where I wanted to show them to anybody because I'm like, I just have lyrics, you know, and I didn't at the time have like really any skills to play any instrument. Um, and I had very few like I didn't I was so scared to sing in front of people. So I was also very scared to to show my words and that's the difficult part of being like an authentic artist is that like how much are you willing to let people get to know you and how much is going to be like a persona and how authentic are you going to be to where it might have consequences in your own life. You know, if you want to write a song about the way a situation made you feel, 
and it's like a small community or it's like a people know them or people are going to ask you about it or that person's going to ask you about it. You know, it's, it's a difficult balance. That's also why I hesitate a lot and stuff that I want to write and then I want to show and I feel more comfortable now showing things that I've written about myself for myself um, other than necessarily always experiences that I've had with other people. That short one is about uh, like a guy I was seeing at the time and I was like sad and like it did just come out of me playing with the keys but I was like, yeah, I mean, it ended up being about that for sure, you know. Um, so I realize a lot of times in hindsight that a song that I'm writing at the time is just to to help me process whatever I'm going through. Um, and I'm like, maybe someone else can feel that like sort of comfort that I felt growing up listening to music and reading books and poems that where I felt like my feelings were being understood by somebody else, you know. So I kind of wanted to. It's it's my way to try to find like connection but it's scary to like be known you know in that way it's very vulnerable to even show people lyrics and and stuff like that because you have to just get comfortable with it like not being good for a long time you have to get comfortable with like just being mediocre for a long time and you're gonna have really shitty ideas as you write until you get like clear the the junk and you can get to some sort of good nugget at some point you know um and some so I have to I've also learned to stop judging myself so much at the very beginning stages of a song or a process because I want it to be like perfect right off the bat and it's just not going to be you know because then it's just not going to progress um so it's been really interesting I've been trying a lot of different methods to write my music but so far also songs out of the ones that I have shown people the ones that they seem to like the most are ones that I wrote because I feel like I needed to hear them you know um and they've like related to that in some way. So that's, it's been fun to, to sort of get that feedback from the very few people that I've shown them to. Where I'm like, oh, I'm like, you like the lyrics. Okay. And like, you kind of like the feeling or like, it reminds you of a certain thing. And like, it's nice to hear that, you know, I'm like, I don't know if it's good or bad, but it is mine. <laughs> and so I'll have to stick to that. As long as I like it, I feel like that's the most important part. Cause that's, yeah, doing stuff for other people's validation is very, um, it's a slippery slope. It's self-defeating. <laughs> it really is, because you're never really going to have everyone's validation. Everyone's no. always going to have something, and not everyone's going to like. validation. Yeah. Because most people are fucking stupid. <laughs> and most people aren't looking out for you. So yeah. So that's a very, it's, it's a, a very fickle thing to mm-hmm. attack yourself to. You have to remember why you do it. And exactly. And I, okay, so I have a couple of things off of what mm-hmm. you just said. Uh, the first of it being, all right, so you recover these journals, you're looking at them while you're moving, you're reliving old thoughts, remembering old memories. Do you allow yourself to take pride in the growth you've had since then? Definitely. Um, whereas like at first I would just have to like cringe at my own, you know, like voice or lyrics or things. Whereas now I can go back and like listen to stuff that I recorded like ages ago that I still don't necessarily love, but I'm like fond of it, you know, where I'm just like, yeah, this, this was me. And I don't criticize myself as much about not being amazing, you know, at all of the stuff. And I'm getting, I feel like I'm forever going to be in this for like a student mentality and just trying to better myself. So I am very proud of the growth I've made. I, it, when I started School of Rock, I would have killed to have production problems because I didn't know that I could produce my own stuff, you know? So it's like I am enjoying the problems that I have now in music because they're a lot different and they show, they're showing me a lot of growth. So I'm like, yeah, since I've, 
I've learned to do this like a lot of this on my own and I'm I'm proud of having been able to do that you know and having to wear so many hats for myself <laughs> like I don't have a, a consistent team or, or band or producer or studio you know it's where I'm like if I've had to be very DIY and at times it can be really discouraging but I am really proud of the work that I've put into it yeah. you know I'm not loud about it I'm not like a braggadocious person I'm not posting about it on Instagram all the time you know when I'm working because I'm like who cares like it all, people will hear the song when it's done Is at some point you know funniest thing you see from <laughs> You see it a lot from SoundCloud rappers, <laughs> but it's the something big is coming. Yeah, like, no, dude, in. I, I don't I yeah. don't think it is. I like, love, I'll make one post and then I'll just let you wait for the song. <laughs> I love that you love what you're it's doing, but just you figure it out. Yeah. Um, so, like, eventually the hard work will show for itself, you know? Yeah. And, these, and your problems as they have, your problems will continue to evolve mm-hmm. in a good way, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, because now, I mean, it's funny you put it like that because I think about that sometimes where fuck like a year and a half ago yeah two years ago for sure i'm freaking out about uh, not freaking out but i'm starting to get nervous about like who am i gonna get who wants to do this does anyone want to do this still who am i gonna you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and now i know this has to be one of if not the last one of the year that i'm gonna record because excuse me because I'm not going to have enough time. <laughs> you should answer. Should I? You should fucking answer. Okay. Should I put it on speaker? Fuck yeah, you should. Tell me he's on speaker first, hey, though. Hey, baby, you're on speaker and we're recording the podcast. You're on live. Oh. Hi. Oh, my God. Hi. There we go. What's up, buddy? Hi. You're a part of the episode. <laughs> Say hi oh. to the world. Okay, guest cameo. What's good? How y'all doing? Hey, mom. Hey, dad. Featuring special guest. <laughs> that is so crazy. What? What do I win? Do I get a car? You, you are to, the you, first caller. You, you get, get to come back for a third time. Hey. That's the best prize of all. Like, that's a very Let's do an episode with both yeah. of us. I love this guy. I'd love to. That's Look, insane. the next time I come on the show, I'm gonna have a lot to talk about. So yes. uh, just consider this the the, the trailer. Bit. <laughs> like everybody needs to go and subscribe. <laughs> fucking, I, right, love now, I love this guy. I love this guy. Once the kid is back on the show, bitch. It's game over. <laughs> I'm saying you, me, T, baby, Leroy, an episode. Yes. It's done. Yeah. yeah done deal. That'd be so fun. Okay, well, I don't want to intrude. I am very, very sorry. Um, I know I'm costing this man film. What were y'all talking about? Uh, We were talking about uh, Lillian's new music, actually. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I was talking to him about it a little bit yesterday. Yes. Oh, my God. Everything. The stars just aligned. Okay. Well, (laughs) period. I'm gonna let. I don't want you to lose your train of thought, so I'm gonna let you go. I was just checking in with you for the night. I yeah. hope you are good, Noah. I hope you are good. I will see you very soon. Yes, sir. Um, love you. Love you too. All right, bye. Okay, bye. Bye, buddy. <laughs> I adore that guy. I love him. One of my I, favorite people. I of all love time. that guy. You have a good. We brought some a little bit early. But you have good people around you. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's something that I love my people. I'm very thankful about for that. Like for me personally, that's doing this podcast, and then I tell Leroy every now and again, you know, like him and Nick are the reason why I've met so many of you yeah. guys. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. Yeah, good people. Um, Definitely. 
What the f- damn it, T baby? What the <laughs> fuck was I talking about? Um, oh, okay, okay. So, so you've Music. you you yeah. So you found a way to take pride in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Here we go. Okay, so you've mentioned you mentioned that there were things that happened in your life, whether it's your personal life or it's your personal life mixed with entertainment in the way that it involves people that other people know and circles run together. And I I feel like this is a, a common denominator in a lot of different mid-sized cities, mm. right? Where it's a big town with a small town mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone knows each other. Everyone who grew up with each other is still here for the most part and things flow in and out. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? So, so your person, your personal life, in a way, can get involved with the entertainment life. It can get involved with the multiple circles that people. It's like a giant Venn diagram, it is. right? It's hard so, to navigate. so how if you don't want to express the way you're feeling, or if you don't want to put that, if you don't want to express those emotions, are still there. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to express those in a song, how do you find yourself? Not to reuse a term reuser, but exercising, I guess. Uh, but just get, getting that emotion out, expressing it. How do you find yourself doing that otherwise? Yeah, if not through like songwriting. Yeah. Um, I draw a lot, okay. um, which is definitely something that helps me take my mind off of things. This is gonna be so beautiful. <laughs> Fuck this guy. Or I'll just Fuck draw how I'm feeling. Like yeah. I remember, I had a really horrible psychiatrist at one point that was prescribing me medication that I did not need. She was Ooh. prescribing me antipsychotics, and I don't need antipsychotics at all. And the medication she was giving me, I uh, was researching it because there was just like a lot of class action lawsuits going on for it and some people were like if you this this is supposed to treat like schizophrenia and not not once ever have i had anything like that so i don't know why she gave me that one out of all of them and it was like and if you don't have the kind of brain who has that specific chemical imbalance it can trigger psychosis and it can trigger (laughs) schizophrenia and it can trigger symptoms if it ain't gonna cure it you gonna get it bitch exactly so there was a point in my (laughs) life where i'm like trying to make myself feel better and i'm being given the wrong things and i couldn't tell what was me feeling down what was the medication feeling down what was the actual illness getting me down and so I didn't have a way to express that. And I remember I just hadn't slept consistently for about three weeks at that point. And I was really tired. And I had gotten home to my roommate after house sitting these like insane dogs <laughs> that would not let me sleep. Um, and I was just like, I'm so tired. Like, I don't know how to be able to crash for the night or just I need to take a nap. And she gave me like an Ambien. <laughs> and she was like, do you want like something heavy to make you sleep? I was like, I think I need it because I just haven't been able to sleep in a long time. And she gave me an Ambien. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. And um, I made the most unhinged art in 15 minutes. Because I was like, I'm exhausted. I feel crazy. So much is happening. This Ambien's doing something. This other medication's doing something. And I just, I started drawing just whatever I could to express how I felt. And I just wrote, like, I'm tired. And I just, like, gave it to my roommate. And I was like, I'm going to go to sleep now. Holy and it was just, shit. like, a way for me to help me process things. And, like, it's it puts my attention into something else. That, and it's I could say now, it's like, it's a very beautiful drawing, but it's very depressing and, like, yeah. unhinged when well, you look at it. That's a theme in some of the best art around. So there's, funny enough, I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast last night with Shane Gills that just came out. And they were talking, because like, Shane Gills is a huge history buff. And I'll find, I think you'd 
find it interesting. I'll find the I love artist. History. That's why I love rocks. It's yeah. history <laughs> and a pebble that fits in your hand. This rock is in more than you. <laughs> I love history. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> oh my god. Um, but there's a there's this artist who um, he fought in World War One mm. with the English. I think I'll find the name and I'll send it to you. It's it's some it's. His first or last name is Dix. It's okay. D-I-X. Nice. Yeah. And he uh, he went to World War One, I, I think, with the English. Mm-hmm. Came back, started losing his shit from PTSD. Understandable. And all of his art, the characters in it are like, you know, like the, like the very famous The Scream. Mm-hmm. Right? So they're kind of wavy like that, a lot of them, and they've got bullet holes in them. And then... if. And then uh, Goy, the guy who did like Saturn eating his son, right? Um, he fought. I, I didn't know this. I guess this guy fought in the uh, Napoleonic Wars and survived. And then so when he came back, his original art pieces, he painted them on his walls. And then when the dude died, they had to cut it out of his wall. Did you know that? No, that's so yeah, cool. They had to cut it out of his walls. And so the original ones that are in the museums over in that's Europe, sick. they're pieces of his wall. And they just made prints. They found I found a way to like make prints to out that. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To fucking paint into your fucking wall. Yeah. But I don't have a house, <laughs> so I can't. But I'm like, it's perfect canvas. <laughs> but, well, that it's right here. If you're talented. And you bought the house. I don't see why not. Right, I'm like that'd be cool. It's it, like a patchwork yeah. of your own art. Well, right. Tattoos but this house. guy, like, house tattoos. That's <laughs> what it is. Yeah, <laughs> it's cool as shit. Yeah. No, for real. Yeah, exactly. And uh, this guy was doing it, but he was insane. Mm-hmm. And so it's like super, super bit. like gory and graphic shit. Um. So, how old were you when you got offered Ambien? Oh, that was last year. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> oh shit. Okay. So yeah. we're, we're going to some people are. Oh, so that's what you that's what you yeah. find as an outlet to express the emotions that you mm-hmm. want to put into music. Whereas, like, I used to try to, to. I felt bad, and I want to hide these like negative feelings and emotions and disturbing thoughts, you know. But a lot of the art that I like is very lyrically heavy or dense or just more poetic, verbose, or just kind of. You know, not necessarily that I only like sad songs. I like all kinds of songs. But a lot of the, just like I went through a Van Gogh phase, you know, tragic person, but beautiful art. And, um, oh my God, I lost my train of thought. Uh, you're, so you're, you're going through phases of art. Oh yeah, yeah, Van yeah. Gogh. And, I, and I learned to like stop being just ashamed that I felt all these like negative feelings and learning to like put it onto a paper or a song or a poem and I felt like that was more constructive than letting it like eat me alive. Because um, then at the end, I made a, a drawing that I know is cool. I'm much more confident in my drawing abilities than my musical abilities at this time. Interesting. But because um, you're, I've you're done a talented it for so musician. Long. Thank you so much. It's just I didn't have the resources to pursue music until I was about 20, 21. Yeah. And art I've done since I was a little kid. So I've just like had that for years, you know. Which so I'm I feel. Like, I can express a, f- a feeling very well through uh, art, and I'm letting myself feel those feelings and seeing it less of a, a curse 
to be able to feel so deeply even on the negative side and more of like a you know what not everybody has been forced to meet themselves to that deep of an extent and let alone be able to to write about it make something tangible that other people can understand or do or see or feel you know and so that's something that keeps me going I'm like maybe there are other people that feel this but haven't been able to to word it or other people who have never thought of this sort of train of thought or mindset and can think about it now how do you feel is the or what do you feel is the easiest way for you to connect to other people um that's a great question i think i think it's different the way i'm most easily able to connect with other people versus how they're most easily able to connect to me um most of the time i have found that uh when I am one-on-one with people, it's very easy for us to find something to talk about, common ground. Being in a group of people sometimes is intimidating for me, and it makes it a lot harder for me to want to chime in or comment or be a part of the the situation. But, like, I would gladly speak to each person one-on-one. You know, it's just I could do that a little bit better. Um, and I, I like to get to know people and it's nice when someone wants to get to know me and the way I, I work. And so having that mutual interest is something that is, it's, I've had to learn to weed out when it's worth it or not. Cause there are people who will use the way you are against you, um, that you can't let in that much, you know, S- or that you can't really make that effort to connect to them because it's just, it's energy that's badly spent. You know, there's just other people who are going to be more receptive, who are going to be able to, to give you that sort of. So to me, people who are, who trust me enough to make themselves like vulnerable with me, I, I feel like I can then do my vulnerable things, what I consider vulnerable to me, which to other people might not be anything, but like to me, it might be like really intimate, <laughs> you know, um, like spending time with people as I'm like doing work. Like if I've had friends over and we're just like doing work together during the day. That feels very intimate to me because I, I do lots of things while I work and I usually just do it alone and just me and I'm like, you know, I do my work and then I take a little break and I work out and then I take a little break and I do this and then, and then I go back to my job and it's like a little, you know, sort of situation. So letting someone into that space like that into my inner world and like my inner like machinations is very vulnerable to me where to them they're just like observing me be a little gerbil running around you know but I'm like that's how I feel most connected to them but oftentimes people feel the most connected to me when they can uh show their vulnerability and I really appreciate that because that's really hard because my next question would be when do you allow people to get connected to you and the answer to that is when they show vulnerability I'd imagine right I I'm open to allow anyone to try to be my friend but i i well, and i don't to be anybody's friend but so i was gonna say there's a difference i guess so what i'm asking is like levels. like a real deep connection because yeah. and the reason that this came that original question of when do you get connected to people is that came because of the way that you're describing your own music and the mm-hmm. way that you're trying to uh display your emotion to the audience right yeah. So that's where all of that. Being understood. <laughs> <laughs> Just angsty teen. <laughs> so that's that is where all this stemmed out of. I think so. Um, yeah. Just like so I, when I beyond see... friend, beyond friend, because mm-hmm. you're a very personal individual. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> Thank like you. like like that that was one of the most obvious things when I first met you. You're very personal. Yeah. So that's why I always say like I'm extroverted and down to let anybody be my friend. Like I will be friendly to anybody. 
but so that people actually get to know me, I have to see that they have a stake in, in it. And that I think is just like a toxic coping mechanism. Where I'm like, I just have to see that someone, they themselves have told me something that they find vulnerable or they haven't wow. given themselves that space within our connection to, because vulnerability is different to everybody. Some people, their feelings are vulnerable. Some people, their past is vulnerable. Some people, their family life is vulnerable. So it's like, their religion, their culture, whatever you feel most protective of, if you're willing to share that with me, like that just means the world because I'm very protective of a lot of my my own things, you know. And then I'm like, oh, then I can show you my thing, and like because I've already done it where I've overexpressed and over tried oh, to yeah. have a connection oh. to where now I'm like, okay, I have to see that it, it's gonna be mutual before I go balls deep into how much I can care about somebody, you know. So now I'm just much more hesitant and wait for that sort of to see that they actually have energy and effort put into me that I can then put into them because all of my friends I know love me so deeply and I'm not afraid to love them back well, because good, of that you a, know that's a blessing to have yeah and it's because of that because I've seen them all in very different vulnerable moments and they've seen me at very different vulnerable moments that are very bonding you know and it's like I know how deeply I can care about people and I know how deeply I've cared for people who use it against me so I have to be very careful now especially being as I am I'm oblivious to certain things because some people just I don't know, I try to have, like, a better intuition when people are, like, lying or just, like, trying to, I don't know, making fun of me and I'm not aware <laughs> or whatever, you know? Um, well, okay, so I was going to say, or, well, I was going to say in response to you saying that maybe it's a toxic trait, I wouldn't say so and because of what you just articulated, right? Because when they show investments, like, well, like, why? Yeah. Like, well, especially as, like, not to sound like a, like, those guys that just cope with feminists just to cope with them, but, like, <laughs> you know, it's like, well... You should kind of protect, you know, against like as a as a woman, right? It's like, well, why do you as a like woman going to a guy, right? Let's use that frame of work. I think it's most applicable and the easiest to, I guess, attach. It's like, okay, well, why do you want to be my friend? Right. I'm like, what like, do you want from me? It, if you literally just enjoy my company, that's how I know that you're like my type of person. Well, then it's like, well, how nothing. do you, in that dynamic, like, well, how do you prove that? How do you, uh, that, mm -hmm. that type of stuff? Yeah. Um, it's like, well, what's, it's, that's what, why I wouldn't say it's not toxic. It's like, well, you, no, that's a good, that's a good barometer. Like to, well, that's a good vomit, barometer or a good vetting method to use in general, regardless of gender, but especially so, uh, male to female. Or female to female to male because mm -hmm. it's like, well, why? And the, and then, I mean, I, obviously, I'm not a chick. I don't have the female experience, but I know how catty women can get with each other. So, like, well, why do you want to be my friend? Like, what do you want from me? Like, what are you trying to? And like, then, and then, it, how? Well, yeah. Then it's like depending on how pessimistic you want to be. It's like, what do you want? What are you trying to take from me? What mm -hmm. are you trying to do to me? That yeah, type of shit, right? Yeah, the experiences you've had, you know, or that's why I'm like, I I know what it's like to be to go towards people as my full authentic self and get rejected from, you know, friendships or groups or just anything for a certain way I am. So now I'm like, I know now how to like still be myself while I talk to people and make friends and be personable. Cause like, yeah, I want to meet everybody and I want to make, I want to be like everybody's friend, but I'm not going to let everybody just know about me. Yeah. There is a very, I am very protective of myself and of like my, just like certain aspects of who I am in my life. Well, and I think that it's a very like, I don't say it's toxic, but it's a very damaging quality to have. It's mm -hmm. a negative quality to have. If yeah. you're willing to open up about your personal shit to everyone you meet, yeah. that's an issue, right? Right. But then also I think, and I don't, I don't mean to sound misogynistic when I say this, but women inherently are more empathetic 
like you guys are wired that way right i mean that's that's why women are have like the, the motherly qualities <laughs> it's a very basic example right, right? Mm-hmm. women are generally speaking more empathetic more inclined to have actions like that and make it a mm-hmm. bad thing which is kind of maybe where that comes from right and it's and again it's it's not a bad thing it's just very it's it's it, it's made all the more worse when it's ex, when it's exploited because mm-hmm. like yeah. you like it's like they knew you were a good person they knew you were this that and that and they still right right so it's like i've been very open and like let people know me very deeply and it happens it happens to dudes as well me. yeah but i'm just saying it's i think it's more so for women right and like the biggest heartbreaks i've had have been from friends hurting me where i'm just like i thought we were like family till the end you know and you got to know like parts of me that i i haven't even told this person i've been dating for forever or whatever you know yeah. and i'm just like and you're you're hurting me like that and so now i really have to think twice where i'm like i want to be friends with everybody but i don't know that everybody's good for me (laughs) you know (laughs) sorry (laughs) like that's how i feel (laughs) (laughs) i thought we were cool (laughs) yeah no you're no no you're exactly right you're you're exactly fucking right it's yeah, I, I'm not gonna try to retort it because you you said it perfectly. <laughs> no, for real, you did. Um, so when you find yourself, and you're gonna grow in your music, mm-hmm. right? You're going to. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean this. I just I mean, want to be better than I was, you know. Well, not only before. that, but it's it's just something that you're not, um, you're not gonna stop doing anytime soon. Yeah. Right. It's yeah, a part I'm, of. You. I'm around to bug people with it for a very long time. <laughs> so, so <laughs> as around. as you find yourself growing in music growing in the way that you not only the way you write your lyrics but your like song structure in general Mm -hmm. right um do you feel like it's obviously you've done a lot of work internally you've done a lot of work on yourself right that that is apparent do you find or do you feel that you've set yourself up up for success as much as you can to then when you do grow in your music, you're going to be in a better position to express feelings that you might not feel comfortable enough doing right now. I really hope so. Yeah, that's the goal. I'm like, I, there are still, I have have so many songs that I don't show anybody (laughs) that I just write that I'm like, maybe one day I'll show it to somebody and I'll grow comfortable with these feelings and with whatever the repercussions of showing or writing this song is, you know? Um, but I forgot what I was saying. You're talking about like, <laughs> like okay, so because right now you might not be as comfortable releasing music oh, yeah. based on repercussions, but maybe right. online. Yeah. yeah, but eventually I'm hoping to, to grow because it's been a, a combination of a few things, a combination of like being scared of the vulnerability of like complete strangers knowing this much about me or like my friends knowing these specific feelings that I feel about a certain situation or, or whatever. Um, I've, I think that eventually I hope to just be able to to write and just whatever happens happens you know but it's scary so right now the songs that i i have are ones that don't feel like terrifying well, to express with the songs you do have especially you know highlighting the ones that you sent me to uh today and last night excuse me um do you feel like in making those it allows you to be more introspective on yourself as you are right now like it allows you mm-hmm. to like look through a different window into your own or yeah, d- different window to your own self. Like, Oh, okay. That's why I'm feeling this way. That's why I'm expressing it this way. Definitely. Cause I've, I've absolutely written songs where I'm just like, 
rambling and I'm just writing lyrics that work to the melody. And then as I'm going along, I'm like, oh shit, this like actually hits me really deep. Like I just, I was just trying to write to a melody. I wasn't attached to these lyrics at all. And then I'm, but it's exactly what I needed to write at the time. And it's what my brain needed me to, to be saying. And I didn't, it, it, it's those times where I'm not necessarily overthinking everything I'm writing about that I'm actually getting to stuff that to, to me is worth expressing. Um, but yeah, sometimes that is accidental and I don't realize it until later that I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I did write that song about exactly how I feel about that situation I was going on at the exact same time that I swore wasn't affecting me. <laughs> but now I had like five songs about it or whatever, you know? <laughs> so it it's very cathartic to have that outlet and the art outlet yeah. on all of those like heavier emotions it's it's a blessing and a curse to be capable to feel those things so i know you're having um you know you're jumping as you illustrated a little bit earlier you're jumping people all out of hoops to get these produced get it made and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. are you allowing yourself to have a timeline or is it just like hey look this is the reality of the situation it's not a bad thing it's not a good thing it's just how things are yeah um this is gonna get done when it gets done it's it's a little bit of both because i the heart such a hard part of being a soul is that you have to set you have to do it for yourself you have to be the only one in your own corner consistently you have to set the goals for yourself even if you don't have anything coming up setting a random day to get something done you know to keep you on some sort of track and like consistently be planning so but I also know at this point, you know, given the fact that I don't have six albums out and my 15, 16 song album out already, that like I know that things don't always go according to plan. And I'm becoming more okay with the time it takes to to learn the skills to implement. Because at this point, I'm still learning a lot of production and I'm tuning my production ear a little bit more and I'm like learning the equipment I need to do blah, blah, and blah, 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 blah. But um i'm hoping at some point i could just focus on lyrics and vocals that'd be fun and then like you know have a much easier way to expand a song but i'm i'm hoping to be able to re-record those to where i can flash them out in a certain way you know i used to think the same way about not as deeply as I, i've been doing my podcast as long as you've been doing <laughs> music but also it's very different fields I used to feel that way about, oh, I really want to have this conversation or this kind of conversation mm-hmm. or that type of shit. Um, like this, this will be out by the time I'm just coming to mind. So earlier this week I had, a, I had my first transgender guest on and that's a conversation I've been wanting to have for a long time. Like since like episode six, mm-hmm. because I'm just curious about it. I, I believe what I believe. Mm-hmm. And people have made that known that they don't like how I feel. That, and that's fine. But I've always wanted to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because when the pod was over, I thought about it during. But when the pod was over, I was like, you know what? I am so glad that I didn't have this conversation when I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Because not that I'm amazing at this now, but I was a lot more apt on this past Tuesday, so mm-hmm. two nights ago, mm-hmm. than I would have been otherwise. And I feel like, I, I feel like maybe you feel a bit of that now with the progression you have made. Because imagine if you did have six albums right now. That'd be sick. You know but also, I mean? like, well, I be... didn't have the resources to make that happen. Well, well, I, I mean, don't know anyone who produced. Right, but that would <laughs> that would be cool. Let's, let's, let's imagine you could do it yourself. You had a production studio and all that stuff, and you could do your six albums mm. right now. <laughs> 
<laughs> like that would be cool, but imagine if you had six albums out over the next let's say ten years, eight years, ten mm-hmm. years. Each album will be so much better than what it could have been because you're getting that much more life experience. Exactly. You're getting that much more yeah. ability behind the uh, uh, the skills that you need to complete these things. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because not not to say that it would be like burning out too quickly, but like they're going to turn out one way or another, but wouldn't you rather them have as much ammunition behind them yes. as possible? You yeah. Know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's also why I don't try to... to feel that bad about not having had songs out earlier and doing all this earlier because i'm like i know when my stuff wasn't great you know and i also know that i didn't have the the people to help me make it happen and at the time if i didn't if you don't have the people you got to have the skill to do it yourself and i didn't have either you know but also looking back on those songs now some of the songs that i really dick wrote are not that good (laughs) you know what i mean they're just not so i'm like i'm so glad i didn't put those out so that's why it is important to me now (laughs) that is the (laughs) self-awareness is very important i agree so now i'm like if a song could get stuck in my head if i can work on it consistently and still like it that's how i know that i have some something there that i'm not going to get tired of immediately that i'm not going to hate in an hour or or two or a month or two or a year or two right hopefully so I'm I'm slowly making more of those and I'm realizing stuff that I had before is actually quite good or is actually quite bad and I'm happy I didn't see the light of day. But I'm like, I'm just going to let the songs be what they want to be. So far, all of the ones I've sent you were created vastly differently in very different ways and very different environments. Yeah. Um, and I have even more that are like either older or like an idea that I'm already like, you yeah. know, so I have a hard time balancing that out and it's hard when it's just you. <laughs> you're just talking at yourself after an hour of just like editing your own voice over and over yeah. and over and over. And I'm just like, it's just me. I mean, so you're it's right. Mind a little L- bit. Like, like you're, you are right. Like it is more challenging when it's just you doing the, doing the work and having to be, like you said, it's like being nice. your own corner, be your own cheerleader, be the person that's doing this and that making connections and the, and all that. Okay. So I agree with you. I don't want to sound like a, uh, like a, uh, it's mumbo jumbo bullshit, right? But what I, some some advice that might, you know, point you hopefully in the right direction. I mean, so, because because you're right, it is challenging. But it's fun. But there you go. <laughs> it's so fun. Okay. Like I like it. Okay, I just lean, wish it was a little easier. Okay, lean into that. It's hard to not well, complain because, about my equipment, but I'm enjoying the well, process. Well, I know? forget. I forget who said it, but it's some old time philosopher, like like Greek and Roman era, like philosopher, where it was like you shouldn't make jokes on yourself because mm-hmm. your brain and body do not know the difference. True. Right. That's why like affirmations and stuff like it, do work. Exactly. And they do help. Exactly. It's like yeah, there's some corny alpha male nonsense behind like nobody cares work harder mm-hmm. like there's some you know but at the same time it's like yeah it's a little corny but it's the fucking truth just do it and and yeah i as long as you just focus on the you know like, yeah i don't have what i wish i had however 
I'm going to, this is how, now this is 100% projection of what I tell myself. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest. But it's like, yeah, I wish I could have other, th- like, I'm very thankful for what I do have. Mm-hmm. Do, I don't want to get that twisted oh, yeah. one bit. Mm-hmm. I am beyond thankful. I'm very happy about my problems. Right. For very, sure. very thankful for what I have right now. Yeah. But I also recognize what I want and what I, what I want and what I could. Mm-hmm. But it's, I've changed that to like what I will. As yeah. long as I continue to keep working hard and doing the things that I think are right and I moving in the best direction that I can, it's going to come. Yeah. You just got to keep doing it. You have one bad show. You have one bad song. You have one bad thing. It's okay. No, not even. It's just even just like hiccups and let's say yeah. the preparation of the of, right. of what you're trying to put together. I'm very, yeah. I'm very fond and very proud of the time that I spent. Um, Good. Like garnering. Is that the word? Yeah. garnering yeah. these skills and actually like go through my notebooks i look back at all the like theory that i just made myself sit down and read and learn you yeah. know and like all of my notes and all of my things and i'm like you know what i'd actually have put in a lot of fucking work and like i'm not um like i didn't start when i was really young you know i don't i'm not the most like fluent in theory i didn't have like my first guitar till i was like 22 you know <laughs> like all of these things so it's like I'm, I'm quite late to the game but I'm doing the best that I can and um I'm already so much further than I was when I even started you know so it's like I'm very very fond of all the time that I've spent and all the time that it has taken me to to get to a point where I'm like okay these are songs that I enjoy that I don't mind other people listening to because at the end of the day I, I I'm not doing it to to, to, I don't know for like the numbers or the groupies or the streams or the whatever you know like I'm really trying to be like make music for myself there's just a lot of people who do that you know <laughs> and the groupies come it's not like they're difficult <laughs> but I'm just doing it for myself I that's why I started writing things <laughs> for I'm me I'm not doing it for the dick all right no <laughs> the dick is it happens <laughs> it's a plus <laughs> <laughs> no, oh jesus but, christ no but really it's just yeah. kind of like i'm just trying to write stuff that i like because i'm a, if i find something that i feel like i really like then maybe someone else will too yeah. and then maybe a sentiment that i felt kind of lonely and having is now expressed and other people can can feel together in hopefully and then it'll just make sense right i don't know i'm like i, I hope i'm that's the thing though i'm like i can't defend a song or a project that i do if i don't like it yeah. You know, I'm like, I really have to like it. I have to get my own approval on my shit. Otherwise, I'm just like, I'm not going to feel great about doing it. And that doesn't mean I don't get tired of the song at some point or that I don't want to bash my head against the wall after five hours of producing the same vocal line, you know, but yeah. it just means you happen to do it anyway. No, it's extremely well put. <laughs> extremely well put. I well, completely forgot exactly what I just said, but <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> well, I think it was well put. Listen, this has been... Damn your three hours, dude. Again. again. Look at us go. So before we get out of here, because again, if you're listening if you're just listening, oh yeah, <laughs> fucking rugby. I yes. Just re- I just remembered. The that. guest is outsmarted the host. <laughs> you're right. So okay, now two things. So if you're listening on fucking Spotify and shit, uh her ugly sweater is uh Frosty of Snowman. Is that oh, your yeah. is, is that your favorite? I, Which was your favorite Christmas cartoon back in the day? Uh, ooh, probably the Snoopy one or the Rudolph one. Fucking Snoopy, yeah. When the, the Rudolph one was so cute, though. Was the Rudolph? It was, it was claymation. Right. So well, well, stop so motion. 
yeah. Yeah, stop motion. Right. But it was with the elf that wanted to be the dentist, right? Oh my god, maybe we watched diff- different Rudolph ones. Was it? Wasn't it? You're probably right. Clearly, my memory is terrible. I don't know. Yeah, I thought it had like the little the little child elf that wanted to be a dentist when he grew up. <laughs> That's depressing. Right. But really wholesome, I guess. Because there's like him. that one, and then there was the one. The, the Christmas without a Santa Claus, where it was like heat miser and cold whatever. Um, I don't know if I know that one. I think I'm going to look it up. <laughs> That's going to fucking upset me. Because yeah, I'm pretty sure in, Ru- well, mainly Rudolph. So Rudolph. But I loved his sneaky one. Uh, elf. Yeah. Yeah. He had, yeah. Hermie the elf. <laughs> Yeah, this little dude. Aww. Yeah, yeah, that little dude want to be yeah. a dentist. Did he really? Yeah. Oh, it's so cute. Yeah. Just, just look at the. It's just adorable. It's a little dude. It just makes you so. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, those shoes are crazy. It's. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you bring up uh, Snoopy. That's my favorite Christmas. So I, I just I, I picked this up uh, this week from socks. Best Buy. Oh, Charlie Brown Christmas. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's it's. It's wholesome. It's adorable. Yes. It's cute. Yes. I love to and Charlie Brown. I fucking yeah, <laughs> that's my shit. Tis the season. I'm hoping to do a little Christmas cover in this next few days, this next week, to post for Santa Baby. I think you should. <laughs> it's a fun song. Yes. Well, you're also very fucking talented. Oh, thank you. Yes. I'm trying. I'm trying to like. It's you have no idea how much like the anxiety and the vulnerability of showing you shit to other people in your voice and actually yeah. trying. It's no, so scary. It holds I me don't. back so much. You're right. You're right. You're, I don't. I'm right. You you don't. You have no idea. I really you don't. empathize at all. No, you, I no, can't. You can. Do you, you know do, why I can't? Do because I, no, because I can speak and that's fine. <laughs> Speaking is fine. Okay, I can look. Look, I, I can I can speak and that's all right. I could do a podcast. I could go do stand up. That's fine. Singing, you are right. I'm not being sarcastic. <laughs> You're not being sarcastic at all. See, stand up sounds you, so much more terrifying to me. No, I would much rather go up and do <laughs> three to five minutes of bombing. Really? Then, and I tell this to the to the guys all the time. I'm like, I envy you because you guys can like play guitar and sing and. I wish I could be a musician. I used yeah. to. I used to love playing guitar. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's I used. Fun. To, I used to. Oh, I, I, I wasn't. I, I wasn't amazing at it. Like by any. I was like the three. Me and my friends were like the three chord heroes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because we had, back in like high school, going into college, we had this game called Guitar Smith, where um, instead of Guitar Hero with the plastic they gave you, they gave you an adapter for the Xbox where you plug in your real guitar. And you have to tune it and you time it to the video game. And it teaches you how to play guitar. Like there's lessons in the video game. And then there's, yeah, and then there's music. Like there's like actual songs Mm -hmm. you can play along with and it teaches you how to play these songs. That's really cool. So I took that. I was like, oh shit. So I brought my guitar up with me to military school back to my room. And so my downtime, I would play guitar and shit. I was like, oh, I kind of like that. I didn't get good at it by any means. But I liked it, right? Yeah. I wish I could play guitar and sing. (laughs) <laughs> but I am. It's like you're. It's like you're getting a dying geese and, or goose. They yeah, a dying goose and just stretching the fight. You like, can train it though. That's the nice thing about vocals. You really can. But it still dies. If you don't keep up with it, the the dying goose is gonna die. But you've no idea how much like it's true. Like those nerves will stop you from. Yeah. Actually, like projecting, mm. and then that 
you know, makes the note flat or also, whatever. And it's just like, <laughs> well, imagine it's the fear of the unknown. It's like, what if you fucking let that voice sound? You get a little bit of a, what was it called? Oh, voice what, crack. The vo- your voice <laughs> crack, like a, like a 12 year old going through puberty. Right. That type and of it's shit. Like, I just remember, like, I've seen people like not do amazingly, very confidently. You know, yeah. and I'm like, I should at least be able to do that. I yeah. should at least be able to bomb like with fucking sauce and style, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> and so that's that what I'm hoping for is and like, eventually I will hope to be not nervous at all. But like, I still get nervous even like singing karaoke with my friends, you know, if that ever becomes a tramp stamp down the line, I'm going to blame you <laughs> sauce and style right That's above the ass crack. first single guys <laughs> <laughs> listen out for it <laughs> featuring noah vargas uh no doing rap in the background <laughs> no that's all right that's you'll do cool. guitar uh yeah there you go Brink, boom, <laughs> one chord just breaks two chords <laughs> well listen you are a fucking blast you're one of my favorite people on this planet Yay, i really mean thank that you, noah. uh thank you for being dope <laughs> And you know what? You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, I, I'm serious. Like I, I'm I'm big on supporting local, but I'm bigger on supporting good local. And you're great. Oh, thank you so, so much. So I want to see you continue to keep with what you're doing. Thank you. I know it's a fucking uphill battle. It is, but, but it's my battle. But if, yeah, exactly. And if you stop, you fall down anyway. And you keep going so, afterwards. So yeah, it's like just, sometimes you just take yeah. a pause. Yeah. But you just keep doing it. Yes, keep doing it. Uh, where can people find you on all of your social media? Yeah, stuff? so currently I pretty much just have my two Instagrams. I'm working on expanding to TikTok and YouTube soon, hopefully. <laughs> but so I'm at Lil Drea Music and I'm at Lillian Drea One. And Lil Drea is actually a, a name that my culinary arts class gave me in sophomore year of high school. And they drew a picture of me dressed as Lil Wayne. And um, I still have that picture. <laughs> so it cracks funny. me up when people call me that on stage. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> That's funny. Just me, Lil Drea. <laughs> well, this this has been, I mean, I knew it was going to be a blast. Oh, but me too. It was going to be fun. <laughs> but uh, I know, I hope your Christmas goes well. Yeah, you here in too. A, here in about a week. It was funny. I was having. Everybody else's yes. holidays. <laughs> and I was having, it was funny because when I got home, because me and Joey were talking about moving out and like our timelines and shit. And he was like, yeah, well, we still have like most of December. And then January was like, bro, December's over next week. And he was Isn't like, crazy? He was like, oh. oh, it's time. Yeah. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry uh, Christmas. Thank you again Happy for holidays. doing this. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's always a blast. Yeah. We're going to do it again. And I'm sure I'll, I'll see you relatively soon. We have so. to have that. That this, the four of us, the gaggle, unhinged behavior—that'd <laughs> be yes. hilarious. Yes, I, I would love to do yeah. that. Um, again, thank you everyone for listening and watching, and we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.